Sportsnet 590, The Fan. If you are looking for the smart money, look no further. It's Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker. With Steve Rapp, David Bastel, and George Russick on Toronto Sports Radio, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Ten oh one in Toronto on Sportsnet five ninety the fan. Eight oh one in Calgary on Sportsnet nine sixty. Seven oh one in Vancouver on Sportsnet six fifty. It's inside the lines. Brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker, along the Sportsnet Radio Network for your Week Seven of the National Football League. Later on this hour, our dear friend, the head of trading operations for Sports Interaction, Mr. Phil Gray, will join us. At the top of the next hour, Todd Furman from the Bet the Board podcast and CBS Sports HQ. And in around 12.35 p.m. Eastern, our pal Connor Allen from 444.com and the Move the Line podcast. Uh, Gentlemen, good morning. Um, Week 6 was interesting, especially that Monday nighter between the Bills and and the Titans want to get your thoughts on the call at the end of the game. Uh, Mike Vrabel, uh, I guess, had a lot of faith in his defense that gave up 31 points and over 400 yards and didn't bother to have any end of game management. So whatever, I, I guess he was right. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than smart, I guess. But the call on fourth down, I didn't hate it. I kind of liked it. And Josh Allen obviously slipped. But, Steve, I just wish with Brian Dayball was a little more deception, a little more motion maybe instead of just trying to run it straight through the Titans' defense. Yeah, I mean, the the, the decision was was obvious, uh, was good. I mean, I don't think he could do, really do anything else. But, yeah, the play call could have been, could have been better. But he, he, went, he, he did a play where he had to plant off his back foot. He slipped. It didn't work. Slipped twice. Uh, slipped twice. Slipped, yeah, slept with the front foot, slipped with the back foot. <laughs> I, I just like, George, that you used the word that week six was interesting. I think if we asked Phil Gray and other sportsbook directors around North America, they would use another word other than interesting. Hmm. Yeah, but okay, okay, hold on. Uh, with all due respect to our dear friend Phil Gray, it's good if the public wins once in a while. Oh, yeah, nobody's shedding a tear, George. Yeah, don't get please. me wrong. Nobody's shedding a tear. The book's going to afford it. I'm just saying that that reading all the stuff this week, there were, and none of the, and nothing I read said, oh, woe is me, we got creamed. It was just how interesting it was mm. that how badly they got creamed. And the best one I, that I heard was one major book out there said that the players won 30% more on that day than any day in the history that he's been booking, which wow. is, is a big number. It's a big number. That- that is a big number. Uh, David, cheering for the books is like cheering for Brad Pitt to get the girl. Like, it's just... <laughs> or Bill Gates to win the lottery. It's like, okay. I, you know what? Great. Those are monster references. I love that. Yeah, yeah, especially that welcome. second one. Uh, you're welcome. Like, Come on, Bill. Do it. Win yeah, do it. Super lottery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, win that, with win his, that lotto with his, max. With his references. Russick's been on fire with his references. Not so much as football. I don't know if anything tops the Insensitive Bowl last on. week, though. Yeah. That, that, was a, that was an the HR right bowl. there. Um, that was a first ball, uh, ballot Hall of Fame uh, line. There, yeah, that right was Philip Rivers right there, George. Yeah. And we're yeah, going to go right. see him uh, soon uh, enough. 
And we're giving Steve Wet Willies all the way to Canton. Uh, David, your thoughts on that final play in Music City between the Bills and the Titans? You know what? You know, I understand the quarterback sneak, and that that's fine, and everything. But when you have an athlete like a like like what you have in Buffalo, what you have in Buff in 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 Baltimore, why not why not run option off off one of your tackles? I mean, the guy's fast enough that that to do it, right? <laughs> I just, I just thought there was a little bit more because he's in shotgun. He goes back up. It doesn't look like he's set. Double slips, and that's the ball game. And it's like, mm-hmm. go shotgun. Have the option of, of of throwing, which probably wouldn't be your first option anyway. But take off with it. I, I, I mean, no one's catching Josh Allen if he goes right, goes left, whatever, whatever the strong side was on the play. That that's what I would have done. Okay, what we're talking about for Buffalo Bills fans, obviously, but it should be noted that whether they go in, get that going for a touchdown or not, they're not covering the spread. Tennessee yeah. was uh, was the winning side that night, and and I was just going back to the sports books again. They needed they needed Tennessee, so it worked out well for them. It mm-hmm. could have been even worse. Well, the Titans closed as uh, six point underdogs, so it could have been a push uh, if they go to overtime. And the Bills score a touchdown in overtime because, of course, you know, kick the extra point in overtime. But it could have been a push for a lot of those Buffalo Bills betters. Wanted to ask you, um, Steve and Dave, because Teddy Bridgewater, uh, we've loved Teddy Bridgewater on this show for a long time because all he does is covers. Yeah, not anymore. Uh, The Broncos stink. Uh, They were a huge mirage at 3-0, and they looked bad in Cleveland against a depleted Browns team. Uh, Can we finally uh, just bury that all he does is covers, Teddy Bridgewater? Yes. I will agree with you, George. Back to two gloves, Steve. To, Is that what you're going he's, now? He's Teddy two gloves again. He's, yeah, he's Teddy yeah. two gloves. You you don't cover four in a row. You don't get the moniker. All he does is covers. I'm sorry. It yeah. just can't Teddy the fraud. Teddy, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Teddy two gloves the fraud. No, I'm not going that. Well, you know what? You. Honestly, when you when you have Lee side on your schedule in week two and you win, I, I guess it's no wonder you get to a good team and you don't lose and you and you don't win. You don't cover. So I mean, it was pathetic the first three games with the with the Broncos had on the table. But you know what? They don't pick the schedule. They just ran through a bunch of weaker weaker type teams, and and now reality has kind of smacked them in the face a couple of times in the last number of weeks. They're going to look pretty I good with Aaron Rodgers would. there next year, though. Well, well maybe, <laughs> potentially, right? Because I don't think you, I don't think you can win with Teddy Bridgewater as your starting quarterback. He, nope. He's serviceable. He's good. But what are you ultimately trying to accomplish when a Super Bowl? Teddy Bridgewater okay. is just not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback what, unless he has a phenomenal he, defense behind him. Was he a better quarterback in in Minnesota before the injury? Do you think that injury really derailed his probably badly? Yeah, yeah probably. He, was, he probably did not come back uh, like he did because he was, you know, he was going to be a franchise quarterback, and then he then he uh, mm-hmm. destroyed that knee. And, you know what though? Journeyman since he's a serviceable number two. I, I think I think he belongs in this league. I just don't want to put my offense around that type of quarterback uh, at that skill set. So you know what? Still part of the NFL. Yes, absolutely just shouldn't be the number one guy if you have intentions, just like you mentioned, George. If you have intentions of being a consistent playoff team and uh, and a team that's going to win a conference or, or maybe do one mm-hmm. step better, which is the ultimate goal. Well, John Elway and his wooden teeth haven't found a solution at quarterback since Peyton Manning has retired, and that's yep. something potentially... And, and, that- and, and if you take Peyton Man- Manning out of that discussion, which he's won a Super Bowl with, but the second year he didn't win it because of Manning. He had one really good year with Denver. Other than Manning, he hasn't found a quarterback since himself. Yeah. 
It's uh, time for the Broncos, and potentially maybe Aaron Rodgers is a Denver Bronco next season, which would make the AFC West even more fascinating. Uh, Before we step into Week 7, what did we do last week, Mr. Stephen Rapp? Not really happy to uh, present this to you, gentlemen. Not a you good know we're week. transparent on this show. We're all about we transparency. Tell you, we tell you how it how it's been, uh, Dave. Two and four are coming off that huge week. The week before, two and four, uh, eighteen and nineteen for the season. Uh, George, with his usual three plays, goes one and two, six and twelve for the season. I was exhaling kind of nicely over five hundred. I'm not anymore. Had a one and five week season, eighteen and eighteen uh, standings. I'm at fifty percent. Dave just slightly under me at forty nine percent. George at thirty three percent. We have some work to do. Hey, listen, I'm going to say for myself, if the books are going to have, I like to feel that I'm going to be on the side of the books more often than not. So I don't feel as bad when the books have a bad week that I have a bad week. I figure that's the way it should happen. Well, even even personally, last week I I like points. I generally lean towards points yeah. when I bet NFL point spreads. And if all these favorites are going to win, it's just going to be a bad week. And then uh, earlier this season, there, there's been some nice weeks for doggies. And speaking of which, what are underdogs on the season after last week? Uh, last week, fav- favorites went ten and four, as we talked about. Oof. But the dogs are fifty-one and forty-three for the season. Our way dogs still doing all right, thirty-three and twenty-two. But obviously, we always talk about it. We've talked about it for years here, George. Regression to the mean, and I think that's going to be a topic of of a lot of the games today with these big point spreads. Regression to the mean. Last week, unders eight and five. Uh, season unders fifty-one and forty-two. Ooh. It's not bad. Um, let's move into week seven, and let's see where this stuff is moving. Let's do it. Don't hit snooze. Get up before the lines do with Steve's early bird special. Well, this is I talked to Phil Gray this morning, and he's he's still a little beat up, but he's all right. I think he's he'll show up for his uh, spot today. He should be Biggest happy. Needs. His Habs won last night. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Biggest needs for <laughs> biggest needs for the house today. Uh, they're going to need the Giants over Carolina. Uh, no surprise here. They're going to need the New York Jets playing New England. All money on New England. Uh, mm. They're going to need Detroit because all the money's on the on the Rams. Obviously, that one's no big surprise. They're going to need Chicago because money's on Tampa. Uh, the only uh, dogs that they're getting money today is Tennessee and Indianapolis. So if you're uh, before the number moves against you, you might want to look at those two. And we talked. I just talked about how the uh, game's been going towards the unders. Uh, player overs now if you want to. All in on the overs today. No unders taking the bulk of the money. All money on the overs today. Okay, we will talk to our pal Phil Gray, the head of trading operations for Sports Interaction, probably in about 30 minutes or so. We'd love to hear from you as well. Shoot us a text, 590-590. Name and location, what you love today, and the why. We'll read your texts when we give you our picks at around 1220 p.m. Eastern Time. Gentlemen, it's that time of the show where we dive into game previews, and let's dive into Week 7, and it's a pretty good matchup. It's the 4-2 and two Cincinnati Bengals at the 5-1 and one Baltimore Ravens for a 1 p.m. Eastern kick at MNC Bank Stadium. The Ravens have won five in a row in this series, and the past three haven't been close. Baltimore has won the past three games against the Bengals by a combined score of 114-19. to 19. Cincinnati has not allowed more than 25 
25 points in a game this season, while the Ravens have eclipsed that mark four times, including last Sunday's 34-6 beatdown of the Chargers. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow has thrown 14 touchdown passes this season, but Burrow was held to his lowest total QBR, 4.2 of his career last season against the Ravens. Burrow was pressured on a career-high 48.7% of his dropbacks and was sacked seven times in his only meeting against Baltimore. Baltimore tight end Mark Andrews has 468 yards receiving tied with Kansas City's Travis Kelsey for the top mark among NFL tight ends. The Bengals have given up 227 yards to tight ends this season, which ranks 10th best in the NFL. Keep your eye on Baltimore quarterback Lamar Jackson, who is the NFL's only player with 1,500 plus passing yards and 300 plus rushing yards this season. Jackson is 5-0 and in his career against the Bengals with an average margin of victory of 20.8 points per game. Our first visit to the Don Best screen today to show us that uh, Sports Interaction Open. Baltimore is a seven-point favorite with a total of 48. Uh, the number's been bouncing around a little bit between six and a half and six. Sports Interaction currently sitting at six and a half with a total of 46, Dave. Yeah, pretty healthy for the Bengals on that sideline. Defensive back Jalen uh, Davis will play. He's a question mark with an ankle in the secondary, likely to play. Ravens, different story. Sammy Watkins will miss uh, another game. Thigh injury, he's out. Latavius Murray is out as well. He joins that long list of running backs Baltimore has on uh, injured list, her IR. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva is uh, a question mark on the offensive line. So is Patrick Queen. Uh, in the uh, middle of that linebacking core, uh, Tavon Young, also a question mark, but relatively healthy considering what this team's been through. Uh, wish this number was still a seven, Steve, but I don't think we're going to see that. And if we were to see that, there'd be massive buyback, I'm guessing, on the Bengals at plus seven. Yeah, I actually did play them during the week, Dave, at seven, as you say, and uh, I'm going to lock them in here at six and a half because that's we're not going to see it. They are six when you were talking. I just didn't interrupt you. They're six right now. It's sports interaction. No, they're not really. Uh oh. Yeah. Well, then don't. Then then then, I, then then I know you're gonna argue that I'm gonna take <laughs> off my lock because I. Well, we can't. I, we we can't lock you in on a number that doesn't exist. I can't true. lock you in at six and a well, half. Well, I'm looking at. I mean, it, it has not changed on the Don Best. Uh, you oh, no, you can lock it in at plus at minus one twenty two. You can lock. Okay, it in. Okay, there you go. I will lock in the plus six and a half then at our minus one twenty two for our. <laughs> Um, I would, should mention five and one teams against the spread, which Baltimore is just 36, 65 and three against the spread. Their next game, that's 36 percent. You know why the, those numbers are usually inflated? Um, listen, we, we talked about the Ravens have owned this division rivalry and everything, but this is not the same Cincinnati team. I don't think they got obviously Burrow and Chase, which are great. But on defense, I think that they, you know, with Baltimore, really, that's the difference. Control, yeah. Yeah, you control Lamar Jackson. You're controlling that running game. They got nobody else who can run the ball right now. Now Murray is hurt too. Um, you got uh, Ronnie Staley's out for the season on uh, their left tackle. Um, I'm uh, I'm like I said, locking in the six and a half, and 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 I could think that Cincinnati could win this game. Probably sprinkle a little bit on the money line here for my own uh, enjoyment. I, uh, again, it's tough to get over that mental hurdle when you're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals because they've been a laughing stock 
for so many years, but that was a convincing win last week over Detroit. And I know it's Detroit and they stink, but good teams hammer bad teams, and that's what the Bengals did. And I don't know if I'm ready to say the Bengals are a good team, but they've had some really good wins. They easily could have won mm-hmm. that game against the Packers and been 5-1 and one heading into this matchup. And David's right. It's, it's defense that's the difference with the Bengals. You know who has the second-best run defense on the road in the NFL this season? The Cincinnati the Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. Just giving up 68 yards a game on the ground on the road. Only Tampa Bay's better, who is the perennial number one team against the run in the National Football League. But, yeah, that explosive offense, which Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow can throw the ball down the field. The only issue I have, again, is that wonky offensive line, if they can keep Joe Burrow upright, because it gave you the stats in the preview that they were all over Joe Burrow last year, and their yep. only meaning he well, was running for his life. He was getting yeah. sacked. Yeah, um, if they, if got they two running keep backs Joe Burrow to, to upright, keep the pressure off Burrow. Yeah, they got two new run. They got two running backs that are running well to keep the pressure off off Burrow, and it's Jackson's not going to surprise Cincinnati defense. They see him twice a year. Uh, he's not, he's not going to run anything that's going to surprise him. They're just going to have to chase him down. Cincinnati's covered this. The covered the number five in the last seven trips to Baltimore. I know it seems like Baltimore owns them. But I think this number is just too much. Yeah, Baltimore owns them on a money line play. But yeah, this this is yeah. very similar to what we see with the Ravens uh, needing to get over the hurdle of the Chiefs, and they did it. Ball, uh, Cincinnati needs to get over the hurdle of the Baltimore Ravens, and and maybe they do do it today. Yeah, you know it's yeah. it, it, it's it's this is tight. That's why I, I need the seven. They to got be over the they got it, over the I, Pittsburgh But I don't have hurdle. it. So it's a good point, Dave. They got over the Pittsburgh hurdle a couple weeks yeah. ago. Right, they went and beat Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh—that's one. That's a, that's a growing team. Should hey, mention I mean, when that you're the Bengals. Uh, when you're the Bengals, you probably have about fifty hurdles, just considering what they've done in the last three decades. But but yeah, this but is this that is a being big all said, because Lamar Jackson's beating the Bengals by an average of over twenty points as a starter. He's five crazy numbers. Would you be surprised if the bang, if the Ravens went in there and just kicked a hole in the Bengals at home? <laughs> I wouldn't, because they're the Bengals. See, that's the only thing I'm I'm a little yeah. worried about. But yeah. I'm buying in on the Bengals. I yeah. am, and it's weird to say, and it's 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 so weird, but all those draft picks are starting to come to roost, and when you're that bad for that long, it seems like Zach Taylor was a good hire. Like, we mocked Zach Taylor, and he looked bad, but apparently things are going in the right direction in Cincinnati, and yeah, yeah I do like the points here, and it's a division sure. game, and the Ravens secondary has been susceptible to the big play, and the Ravens love to chuck the ball down the field as well. If, if, if you're really that torn on a side, which I don't think any of us are because I took the Bengals at the bar here, you think this game's going over the total of 46? Because I kind of feel like it is. No, I, I look at it the other way. I look at it with a low total, a, a game that should be a slow pace, uh, a lot of running, that with this low total of so? 46. Well, I, 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 I'm not saying it's going to be, and I do lean under on it, but I think that's even better uh, for the spreads. Tough to uh, tough to cover seven points in, in, in what is usually a, uh, a slow pace game. 66% of the money on 50% of the tickets on Cincinnati. Uh, but the number, you know, so yeah, so the, uh, the, prof- the professionals are on Cincinnati as well here, which is why we're not going to see the seven in this game. Uh, that is a fascinating game to a game that's fascinating to a uh, a game on the schedule. It's the three and three Carolina Panthers at the one and five New York Giants for a one p.m. Eastern kick at MetLife Stadium. The Panthers are zero and two against the NFC East with losses to the Eagles and the Cowboys, while the Giants are zero and three at home. 
Over the past three games, all losses, the Panthers have allowed 30.3 points per game, 27th in the NFL. Carolina allowed 10 per game in their first three games, the second fewest in the league. The Carolina defense had 14 sacks in their first three games, but just two in their past three. New York's offensive line have given up four sacks against the Rams last week. Panthers rookie running back Chuba Hubbard will start again in place of the injured Christian McCaffrey and faces a Giants defense that is ranked 25th in the NFL at 4.5 yards per carry allowed against the run. Carolina had the NFL's number one pass defense before allowing Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins to throw for 373 yards and three touchdowns last week. The Panthers dropped to number two this week. Keep your eye on just after halftime. The Panthers have been outscored 48-14 to in the third quarter this season. Uh, you know what? Right. Here's a, here's a good uh, note to take and good red flag to look for in a game. Carolina opened three-point favorites, 45.5 as a total. 74%, 75% of the tickets are being written on Carolina. We I just uh, mentioned it in the early birds that uh, the house that Phil needs, the Giants today. Yet this number stays at three. Um, I see three evens, and I even see two and a halfs on the board. That's Ooh. a red flag, guys. If uh, if the house needs one side so much, yes, they're not moving the number and they're moving against you. Somebody's telling you to play the Giants in that game. I can't give yeah. you a better handicap than that, Dave. Yeah, no, and you know what? Uh, the other side of it too is, um, you know, the public sees what's on that Giants uh, sideline as far as not playing. Uh, Saquon Barkley out, Kenny Galladay out, uh, Tony out, Shelton doubtful. Evan Ingram uh, has had a dreadful year on the injury list. He's a question mark. I would say he's likely not to play. Sterling Shepard's a question mark. John Ross is a question mark. Darius Slayton, uh, I've just named you seven starters on offense for the Giants that are either out out or very close to being in that out position. Uh, Panther sideline, uh, Giovanni Ricci is a concussion call, so he will miss today's game. That's a fullback. Terrence Marshall out concussion as well. Uh, Shaq Thompson is out with a foot injury. So three three injuries on the Panther sidelines that we'll see some uh, some players not dressing for today's game. Yeah, if I'm if I'm looking at a way to play this game, I'm probably looking at the under. I know it's a low number, under 43, but uh, Carolina's going to want to run the ball on a you know very very suspect Giants run defense. Um, uh, Sam Darnold's been throwing nothing but picks the last couple weeks. You want know, to keep the ball out of his hands from throwing picks. The Giants, they're just going to try to you know they they're hoping to throw the ball to. It just sounds like a, it seems like a slow pace game with Carolina defense. Are we going to see that really... two and a half, Steve? Are we going to see the two and a half? We, boy, I, I can't see it. Not at, not at sports interaction. I can't see okay. Phil moving that to two and a half when he's already be said his... to go Panthers there. I mean, you got me. I know. I know it's a little bit of a fish, but you hooked yeah, me. I'm not, yeah, Panthers no, I would never. No, I'm, as a matter of fact, funny you should mention that because if next time we go to break, I'm going to take my pool play and change into the giants only because i'm <laughs> only because i'm looking at that it's not going to make my it's not going to make my card it's not an official play but why would i go against what what the, the 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 odds makers are telling me to do i mean they're screaming at me uh to take giants in this game i uh i wrote a piece my usual properties for sportsend.ca and chuba hubbard uh is somebody i really like in this matchup, uh, Giants stink against the run, and this potentially could be a big spot. Uh, Giants just can't shut down the run. They're 28th 
on the, against the run. They're giving up 137.2 rushing yards a game. And they're also uh, giving up 4.68 yards per carry. That's 31st in the league. And Chuba Hubbard's been decent in uh, replacing Christian McCaffrey. And obviously those are massive shoes to fill because he's one of the best playmakers in all the National Football League. But I just anticipate a lot of Chuba Hubbard today. And that total at Sports Interaction is 74 and a half. Mm. I do like that to go over. It's not going to be my official play. Right now it's minus 130, but I did write about it. I do like Chuba Hubbard to have a big game. And you're right, Steve. I think this is a game where they're going to have to run the football a little bit. And uh, Danny Dimes, uh, is he going to turn the ball over? Is he going to get sacked? I just feel like the clock will spin in this game with the amount of uh, running the football we'll see, especially from the Panthers' side of things. Well, turning the ball over, getting sacks, strip sacks and stuff are not very conducive uh, to unders, unders? Unless, they, unless they're at the end of a – 15 play six minute drive um but yeah i still i still lean to the under here all right that's two games in the books straight ahead uh we'll preview washington green bay kansas city tennessee and atlanta and miami and we'll talk to our pal phil gray the head of trading operations for sports interaction we'd love to hear what you like as well shoot us a text 590 name and location what you love today and the why. It's Sports Interactions Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker, along the Sportsnet Radio Network. Despite coughing up 417 yards, 31 points, and some awful end-of-game clock management, the Titans somehow got it done against the Bills on Monday night. Allen, under center. Sneaking. No, I don't he know. did not make that. I do not know. Let's see where they spot it. He did not make that. The Titans think they have stopped it. Let's wait. Allen tried to sneak. He got nothing, or so it appeared. They got it. They got it. They did it. They did it. Yes. Not yes. Not yes. Hell yes. Closing as six-point underdogs, Tennessee outlasted Buffalo 34-31 to be our Dog of the Week. Sports. Sportsnet 590. The Fan. Stinky, stinky, stinky. The Dolphins are fresh off that stinker in London against the Jags. Cook puts it down. Wright kicks it up. The 53-yarder is... Good! 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 Can the Fish snap their five-game skid against the Falcons, who are fresh off their win in London against the Stinky Jets? Back to Inside the Lines with Rap, Bastel, and Russell. 10-32 in Toronto. 8.32 in Calgary, 7.32 in Vancouver. It's Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet Radio Network. Yeah, we'll get to those stinky dolphins. Who was the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, that dude on YouTube apparently just, if you have, if you have a name, he'll make a song about your name, and it's pretty much that. Well, you had that made? Just, no, I didn't have that made, I just found oh, it. Oh, because I was, I was saying that was a really good tune. I was going to yeah. put yeah. that on my playlist. Yeah, you should. It's the stinky song. It's great because uh, the Dolphins stink and uh, they've lost five straight. I'm going to get a song made just for you, George, I think. Wow. Uh, you're hmm. giving me a toothache because you're so sweet right now. I would love Oh, that. it won't be that sweet. Don't get a toothache. 
Okay. Well, I love if you only sang it though. That would have to be the stipulation. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. That'd be great. I think there might be there might be recording somewhere in the archives of me singing songs on the station. There, there are a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what else is great? Uh, Phil Gray, the head of trading operations for Sports Interaction, he'll join us in about twelve or thirteen minutes or so. Um, but Speaking we got to dive back. Yeah. No, 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 no stink at all on Phil Gray. Uh, we got to dive back into the game previews. And let's go with the 2-4 and four Washington football team at the 5-1 and one Green Bay Packers for a 1 p.m. Eastern start at Lambeau Field. Green Bay hasn't lost since falling to the Saints in Jacksonville on the season's opening week. Washington is trying to avoid a third consecutive defeat. You'll like this, Steve. Is this a potential trap game for the Packers? Green Bay is coming mm. off consecutive road wins at Cincinnati and Chicago and visit the unbeaten Cardinals on Thursday and then follow that up by traveling to Kansas City. Washington's Chase Young has one and a half sacks over his last two games after getting none in his first four. Green Bay's Devontae Adams has followed up his 2020 All-Pro season by leading the NFL in yards, receiving 668 and sharing the lead in catches with 46. Keep your eye on Washington's leaky defense. Washington has allowed 186 points this season, its most through six games since 1998, and ranked dead last in the NFL by coughing up 31 points per game. Yeah, good, George. That uh, look-ahead narrative for that Thursday night game will come up again when we look at Arizona later because they have that Thursday night short week turnaround. But in this one, much like we talked about a little bit in the Carolina game, uh, public on Green Bay talked with Phil mentioned it this morning. All I mentioned it on behalf of Phil that uh, Washington's going to be one of their biggest needs. But yet the uh, game the game opens at Sports Interaction seven and a half with a total of fifty. That number had sneaked up. It looked like it was going to get to 10 we had seen nine and a half during the week but there has been buyback on that now dave it's now down to eight and a half totals dropped uh, three points now down to 47 yeah uh, a couple of key injuries that we're going to be watching out at the football club curtis samuels out cam sims that's two wide receivers for the uh Washington team. Also, Antonio Gibson, who continues to nurse injury after injury, week after week. It's a shin this time. He's a question mark. Uh, Packers, Dennis Kelly is out. That's an offensive tackle. Josh Myers on the offensive line is out with a knee injury. So a couple key figures on that Packers O-line. Also, Preston Smith is a question mark. Kevin King is likely to play as well, but he is officially listed as a question mark. He's missed the last couple of weeks, guys, and and it has hurt a little bit uh, in the secondary. Well, I mentioned uh, I mentioned earlier about how these numbers get inflated, and uh, I mentioned five and one against the spread teams that are five and one against the spread, just thirty six, sixty five, and three. Then you throw an underdog against those teams and those inflated lines. You're now going the underdogs forty nine, twenty, and one against the spread. That's covering over seventy percent of the time. I'd uh, say so there's one way I'm playing this game. One way only is I'm teasing this one down to Green Bay minus one and a half. Uh, on a six and a half point tease, um, and uh, playing it that way because I just not going to trust Green Bay to cover this big spread, but I do think they will win the game. Yeah, I uh, oof, this is a uh, tough spot for Washington, right? And the number just keeps ticking down a little bit. Steve, is is that much money coming on Washington here? Because it just feels like it just tick, no, not tick, a, tick, not in yeah, not in the not in the public 
books, not amongst the recreational players, I don't believe, because, uh, you know, I mentioned in the early birds that Washington is a big need for Phil yep. last game that in about yep. 15 minutes, I guess, 10 minutes, I guess. But uh, you're right. The number just tick, ticks down. Listen, the look ahead line for this was seven. So it's probably closer now to its original uh, line for this than when it was ticking up to uh, uh, nine and a half uh, points, 10 points when it was getting there. Let's not forget that for a half of football last week, Washington hung with Kansas City. And I don't know if Kansas City is just like still getting over the losing the Super Bowl hangover and it clicked in with about three minutes to go in the third quarter last week. But uh, Washington hang with them a little bit. So I think it's just over the touchdown might be too many points here. And you also talked about it, Dave. Trap game for Green Bay. A couple Trap of big game games for Green Bay, that. yep. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, George. Where where you know, are you are you you know, and, and you and you said it right off the top too. They kind of snuck by the Bengals, right? I, I mean, there were a couple of opportunities that they kind of put them away, but they haven't, and they haven't done that to teams. So, do they overlook a Washington team, and maybe yeah. field goal it out against uh, against the Washington team to get the win to go to the short week against the Cardinals? I. See, see, I, I, I would have bought this number earlier, uh, but right now it's seven and a half. I think it's still tempting uh, on the football club side to get the plus points. Well, it's eight and a half right now. Eight and a half. Really sorry, wanted, if yeah. you really wanted to jump on that. So it's um, two. I just so my six and a half point teaser, what will take me down to two? I still get it under a field goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to wait to see maybe if I get another half a point to get it to one and a half before I lock yeah, I, in that teaser. Yeah. And and the problem is the Washington playmakers, both Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, banged up here. I just don't know how Washington stops Green Bay's offense. Like they haven't been able to do anything. Chase Young finally getting a little pressure on the quarterback, but that secondary is absolutely brutal. And what is Aaron Rodgers going to do against this team? And that's the only thing I'm a little leery about if I'm backing the Packers here. Is just uh, is it a complete look ahead with the Cardinals? And the Chiefs on deck. And Tyler Henneke, uh, God bless him for that uh, great playoff game he had in that loss to the Buccaneers on yeah, Wild Card sailing. Weekend. But yeah. he it's turned, it. it's turned midnight, yeah. and he's gone back to a yeah. pumpkin for Halloween. Yeah, he he's he's gone back to his original pumpkin <laughs> costume for Halloween. Yeah, he, he seems like a very serviceable backup, but he ain't it. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick apparently is nowhere near coming back. He's still on crutches Oof. dealing with that hip injury he suffered in week one. So it uh, could be a very, very 50, long it's season. It's hard to recover from Dwayne injuries, Haskins right? might still be available. No, Pittsburgh. Yeah, sure. No, this guy, but he might still be available. <laughs> that would be a good move. <laughs> no worries in Pittsburgh. He's behind Duck Mason. Duck Rudolph. We're Mason Rudolph. Mason Duck. Yeah, not Duck Hodges. <laughs> Mason, Duck, Mason Duck, I think, was the best one. Mason yeah. Duck Mason, Hodges. Mason Rudolph still da- uh, dating Jeannie Bouchard. I think he is. All right, let's move on. No way. No. You didn't know that? <laughs> no, I You're did not. And now I absolutely on. hate that guy. Wow. Hate is such a strong word. It is uh, I don't strong, hate this no, really. game. It is uh, the 3-3 three and three Kansas City Chiefs at the 4-2 and two Tennessee Titans for a 1 p.m. Eastern start at Nissan Stadium. Kansas City is 1-3 inside the AFC with losses already to Baltimore, the Chargers, and Buffalo. The Titans have won four of their last five and are coming off a big Monday night victory, 34-31 over the Bills. Derrick Henry is the NFL's rushing leader and has a career-best five straight 100-yard games and leads the league with 10 rushing touchdowns. The Chiefs are giving up 133 3.2 yards rushing this season, which is 27th in the NFL, and are allowing 5.2 yards per carry, which is 30th in the league. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has turned the ball over more in the NFL than the Chiefs, led by Patrick Mahomes with eight interceptions. 
even with the turnovers, Kansas City remains one of the NFL's top offenses. They're second in the league, averaging 433.5 yards a game and fifth in scoring at 30.8 points. Keep your eye on explosive passing plays. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is third in the NFL with five passing plays of 40 yards or more. The Titans, meanwhile, have allowed six passing plays of 40 or more yards, third worst in the NFL. This line, this line is confusing. This game has been confusing. The narrative in this game should be very easy, is what everybody thinks. Kansas City opened at Sports Interaction, three-point favorite on the road, total 56.5. This number has gone as high as 5.5, uh, back down to 4 minus 15 currently at Sports Interaction, total 57.5. I mean, Dave, the narrative here is that uh, Kansas City scores on Tennessee at a whim. They go down the field, zip, zip, zip. Tennessee gets the ball. Derrick Henry, Henry slowly down the field the other way, scores. Kansas City gets it, zip, 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 scores. Is that pretty accurate as to what we have here today? Yeah, that, that sounds really accurate. I'm, I'm wondering what the letdown spot looks like the Titans after that big Monday night win, right? That that would be my only concern. I, I, I don't think you could have a letdown spot against the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, you know, shouldn't shouldn't be, you know, because this is this is one of the teams that you have to tackle in the postseason. Uh, let's quickly look at the uh, injury report because unfortunately we see some very familiar names on that Titans sideline. Julio Jones is battling a hamstring injury. He's listed as questionable. Jeremy McNichols, uh, who's uh, a, a very key running back that that spots off uh, Derrick Henry every, uh, well, okay, once a game. Uh, ankle injury, Bud Dupree is a uh, question oh God, mark that, as well. That, Chester that, Rogers. Did that move the number at all? <laughs> Derrick Henry's back up. Gonna, How many points say, is that worth? I, I was... I was ready to say, you know, replaces Derrick Henry, but you don't really replace Derrick Henry ever, do you? Yeah. So, so uh, Chiefs, uh, Tyreek Hill, quad injury. He's a question mark. Uh, Chris Jones, wrist is a question mark as well. Uh, those are some key injuries to the Chiefs in, in this situation. So, Buffalo beats the hell out of Kansas City. Tennessee beats Buffalo. Kansas City goes into Tennessee. Opens mm-hmm. as three, goes to five and a half, back down to four. The pros are on the fa- favorite on the road. The public is playing the dog Titans at home. I'm, up is down, down is up. Dog sleeping with cats. I mean, the whole game is confusing to me. Yeah, yeah it is confusing. I just is that a, is that a again, Chiefs minus four? You're about to say or what? I yeah I'm I'm because that's uh, where I'm leaning right now. I'm on the I I am on the Chiefs. Whether I make it a uh, as a matter of fact, I should make it an official play because is I it moving? Bet it in, I bet it in a parlay. I don't think I'm going to get less than four here. I'm going to go Kansas City minus four. Lock that one in. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me let me tag along there. With and the I minus feel four so. Well. All right. I feel so square and dirty for that. I really do. I mean, it's, I, I'm. I don't. I like took it. the Titans plus four and a half at the bar. Oh, I feel better uh, now. I just, I can't, I can't trust, I can't trust. Oh, uh, do, you, do you want to do it at four and a half? If you feel better about that. <laughs> what, we want a side, are we doing a side bet? Side bet. Four. Side bet. Well, you side said you four, feel yeah. better because I took the Titans plus four and a half. Are you going to give me the Titans plus four and a half? We'll do a side bet. Side bet. Side bet. Oh no! That that would be that would that would be just that would see. Be then don't talk smack unless you're gonna back be, it up, would, right, no, Dave? I I I real I really do, but I mean, it would just be bad for my reputation to give oh, you yes. an extra half point bad yes. number. I do have a reputation to uphold. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I I, 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 I was thinking no. about it though, George. 
Would you okay. do? Would you All take right. the four? Would you take the four? No, I'm not taking the four because I said four? what I did at the bar, and then you mocked me right away. How so about said, well, how about you take four and you get and I give you twenty two dollars no. to win twenty? No, that's dumb. <laughs> I don't need the toonie. I just want I just want to have the four and a half. Just, it's not worth the toonie. I'm just trying to, to put it more into in line with what our show is. I'll give you, you eighty you cents order. if you take I'm giving it you the no, put four minus fifteen. I'm <laughs> giving you the best. Okay. Okay, All right, uh, this game, uh, the total, uh, it, it, what did it open at? Because it must be just everybody's on the Opened over on this 56 game. 56 and a half, uh, now 57 and a half. Well, the assumption is that every team's going to score. Well, let, here, so we know that Kansas City's going to score. So what's uh, Kansas City's uh, team total, Dave? Do we know? Oof. What is it, oh, sure 30, do. George? I don't have 30. that in front of me. I, I, no, I got, it. I got it right here. Uh, 31 for the team 31, total. oof. I think you got to like Kansas City team total over 31. How wow. is Tennessee? <laughs> you going to lock that in? Oh, wow. Do you want me to? Yes, you okay. Tennessee just team said. total over 31. <laughs> Kansas City team total, not Tennessee. Kansas City team yeah, total Kansas over 31. Kansas City team total over 31. We got it. Over wow. Ooh, dear. Steve is all about uh, the Chiefs. And again, big no loss on the offensive line. He's Taylor Steve Lewan. Steve jersey right now, too, if everybody's yeah. watching him on TV. No, I'm not. Taylor I'm wearing Luan a not playing. vintage Joe Montana Kansas City jersey. <laughs> yes. Taylor Lewan not playing for the Titans. That's a big loss on the O-line. And But can they stop Derrick Henry? They how, many, how many possessions do you think Kansas City gets? Eight? Yeah, probably. And what's eight times seven? Maybe. 56. Okay, let's 56, say eight. Right? Let's, sure. Oh, they're going to score a touchdown every how time? Many, how, many ten, how many times is Tennessee going to stop? Then okay, why don't you take the over goals. then? Well, no, because I'm not I'm – not, I'm not, I'm, I know Kansas City is going to get their points. I know Kansas City is going to get their points. Okay. Can, you know, but can, that Kansas the, City defense is going to stop right. now? I can't. If they manage to stop them. Put put eleven guys and the and the and the team and the you, equipment you know manager what, and a couple guys from the stands on the line. They might stop them. In all seriousness, the Chiefs' defense played very well in that second half against Washington, and I haven't seen them play thirty minutes of football this year until that thirty minutes. I know I it's they Washington. They stopped them last but... year. They were one of the only teams that stopped them last year, I believe. Uh, they they kept them like seventy yards. I'm really looking forward to uh, what Todd Furman uh, talks about this game uh, straight ahead. All right, let's move on to one more before we get to Phil Gray. It's the 2-3 and three Atlanta Falcons at the 1-5 and five Miami Dolphins for a 1 p.m. Eastern start at Hard Rock Stadium. The Falcons have a two-game winning streak over New York. Week 3 in the Giants, they got that win. Week 5 over the Jets, another victory. And an eight-game losing streak going back to last season against teams from all other cities. Well, they actually play in New Jersey. The Dolphins have lost five in a row and are the fifth team to not have a bye following a London game. The previous four, two in 2016 and two in 2017, went two and two both straight up and against the spread the following week. Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts is coming off his best game of his young NFL career for the ATL with nine catches for 119 yards and his first touchdown in that London win over the Jets. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa has never thrown for 300 yards in consecutive games in his NFL career and faces a Falcons defense that has yet to allow 300-yard passer this season. Keep your eye on Atlanta's run game against Miami's defensive front. The Falcons are rushing for only 91 yards a game, while the Dolphins are giving up 141 rushing yards per game at home this season, which ranks 27th in the NFL. We look at, I mean, okay, so Miami travels to London and they lose to the Jaguars. 
Before that game, Miami is a three-point favorite with a total of 48. They lose to Jacksonville, and now they're a – it was two and a half, and it's now two. They're a two-point dog. So losing to Jacksonville is worth five points to a line. I, I don't see it. Uh, right now, so we got Atlanta minus two, total 47 and a half. And I'm going to lock in the uh, Miami plus two, Dave, right now because down in other places. It, it's going. I, I, you tell me the injuries. I'm just going to tell you that there's no, there's no, no planet or galaxy or universe that the Atlanta Falcons should be favored on the road against anybody. Not even your least side team. Oh, uh, that's a, that's a pretty good light lease side team. Uh, quickly, Dolphins. Uh, Devonta Parker questionable. Preston Williams questionable. Uh, Jalen Phillips is a question mark. Well, uh, Xavier Howard is a question mark. So a couple of question marks. Byron Jones also throw it in that category as well. Dante Fowler is out for the Falcons. Uh, Avery Williams. Okay, so. I'm uh, like when I look at this game, Steve, and I look what this offense is doing for Atlanta. I, I know the teams they've beaten are, are some of the weaker teams in the league, but it's starting to click a little bit. They're starting to utilize their big tight end, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I, I don't you don't you just look at this and say the Falcons are the better team of the two right no, now? The Miami's Dolphins have been better, one of the bigger Miami's disappointments. The Miami's the better team here. What? Uh, Falcons have, I don't Falcons think so. I don't think the they Jets are. Jets and the Giants. Yes, Miami has Miami's two ugly bad losses were against the Bills and the Bucks. Nothing to be ashamed of there. The four, the other four losses have all been close games. Um, listen, if you look at the if you look at the stats, the Falcons have been the worst team in the NFL season. They've been outscored by forty for three points, and they've been playing one of the five easiest schedules in the league so far. They rank 29th on offense, 30th on defense. They're, they're, I mean, this, you're wrong. And now they got and, – and most of the Miami stuff has been with their backup Brissett in there. And I'm not saying two is that much of an upgrade. Over I don't Brissette, know if it's that much but of he's an getting, But he's getting – I think he's getting better. I think he's going to get better. He's, more, he's got more of an upside than Brissett, that's for sure. But bottom line, this one comes down to me. At this point in time, Atlanta favored on the road against a professional football team, and Miami still qualifies well, and as George, a professional I mean, the football team. The other reason I, I, I like I the Falcons what, is – they're coming off a bye. Yeah, I uh, Steve, I don't know what Dolphins team you've been watching this season. Did you did you inadvertently start watching the 2020 Dolphins instead of the 2021 Dolphins? Because side bets, look at I'll their take defense. both your money. I'll take both your oh, okay, money. Uh, no, I don't like. That. No, no, no. Side Hold bet. on. Hold side on. bet. I don't. I will. I don't like side bet. Atlanta on the road. I'm just saying Miami stinks. Uh, 30th in total defense, 29th Bastel in points allowed, and 29th in passing yards allowed. I'm not sure and that the Dolphins Atlanta's are any better, better than, than the that? Falcons. Well, yeah, so I'll take in two bad teams, I'll take the home team plus points. Uh, What I do like when we say when two bad teams collide, maybe the over 47 and a half points. That's the one side I like because to me, this is one of the toughest games on the card. Did you register Uh, the side bet, George? Yeah, again, I don't I'm not passionate about taking the Falcons. I'm just saying saying you're talking about how the Dolphins are. They're not a good team. Hey, the passion's over here. Earth yeah, the passion's over here. Side bets over here. Okay, Dave go ahead, Dave. On the other side of that. Yeah, let's do this. Minus two. Minus two is our number. I got the Falcons, and uh, Steve has the Dolphins, and that's our first side bet of the day. Side bet. Okay. Side bet. Side bet. Side bet. I like hey, it. Hey, that number's uh, going to one and a half, right, Steve? Hold on. Uh, hold on. Well, don't answer that question. The guy who can answer that question is the head of training operations Ooh. for Sports Interaction, and it's Phil Gray. Phil, Jeez. is that Dolphins-Falcons uh, game going to one and a half, or is it going to two and a half before kickoff? 
Starting at two and a half with me, George, and I'm feeling a little cautiously optimistic this morning after the last two Sundays beating we took uh, on pins and needles here with the sports books. Yeah, I'm surprised. Okay. You're, you're surprised you kept the lights on there, Phil. Well, Bill Buffalo helped you uh, <laughs> keep the lights on last week. And yeah, I tell you, we spent the first 50 minutes of the show really kind of lighting a candle for you and and praying for your good health and hoping that true. the books have a better week because we're really concerned uh, about what you got going on over there. But I'm sure you'll be okay. Tell us about Carolina and New York. Uh, you're telling me that. Uh, the Jets, the Giants are going to be a big need for you, but uh, with all that Carolina money coming in, that number's sticking to three and maybe coming off of it at other places. What do you see in there? I see the other books, uh, as you say, uh, kind of good coming off the three. I'm certainly not. Uh, that's a big need for me. That's probably the biggest need of the early wave right now. I have nothing but uh, spread money and straight-up money on Carolina right now. Hey, before we get to my next question with uh, Phil, uh, and I don't mean to uh, jump on you, Phil, but let's lock in the Falcons minus two, please. So uh, another game we were looking at earlier on, Phil, and good morning to you. Congratulations to your Habs, too. George forgot to mention that right off the top. Uh, that's that's always exciting when they went on Big Saturday. Win. Yeah, huge win. That Bengals number, uh, that that's not going to touch seven, correct? No, not at this point right now. Uh, that game's actually fairly balanced right now. I'm sitting on six minus 11 right now. Minus 276 for Baltimore at home. I'm seeing uh, a lot of money come in on Baltimore, but straight up money at Cincinnati will probably keep that uh, number on six. I don't think I don't see it going to six now. Phil, one of the interesting games in the morning, we just were talking about it, uh, the Kansas City-Tennessee game. You were mentioning that you're seeing some dog money. I'm yeah. surprised that uh, the public hasn't pushed Kansas City up. Explain your dog money to us. Yeah, I've started to in about the last 30 or 45 minutes since we started to talk. Starting to see some Kansas City money right now and going to four and a half, but there was a lot of a lot of hope on Tennessee uh, early in the morning. A lot of straight-up money. Plus 178 right now. I'm a little bit underneath the line. That's keeping me on, on four at the moment. But I see other books going to four and a half. That game's uh, actually kind of starting to balance itself. So I'm pretty happy about that. Phil, how surprised are you that all that money's coming in on the Panthers today? Uh, not really. <laughs> Sorry, I got a bit of a cold. Uh, not really. I mean, uh, Giants with us are, you know, they're, they're, they're not a big public team whatsoever. And... Uh, Minus three boys sitting there. Um, it's going to be a big need, George. Really going to sweat that one out because if Carolina covers that, uh, it's going to uh, shoot into a lot of parlays in the uh, in the later wave in the afternoon. Phil, uh, later on this afternoon, we see some massive, massive spreads. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. see a 19 and a half on the board in that ca- in that yeah. Cardinals Just game. Jump. Yeah, huge jump. They, uh, yeah. the, the Buccaneers are going north. Uh, you look like the, the Rams are going north as well, 16 and a half yeah. right now. Any, any money right now coming in on the dogs in these three games? None whatsoever. Uh, the Lions are actually going to be a huge need for me to cover. That's in all the parlays. Everybody's teasing them down. This is one of the first times, actually, I've seen three of the four games in the late wave, both at those kind of spreads. Yeah. Uh, everybody's going to tease them down, so we, we are going to need some upsets or it could be another brutal Sunday for us. Phil, so what about those primetime games? Jimmy G back for the 49ers tonight against yeah. the Colts coming off a bye. And then uh, Geno Smith on Monday night. What's the action like for the two primetime games this week? Yeah, biggest dog of uh, biggest dog of the night, George, on Indianapolis right now. That's keeping it down on three and a half. Open to four. Trending down to even three at some books. You, know, you can see the big going that way. A lot of money on Indianapolis, both straight up and on the spread. 
Phil Gray is the head of trading operations for Sports Interaction. Uh, Phil, congratulations to your Habs finally picking up that win. I'm sure it put a big smile on your face with the Leafs laying an egg in Pittsburgh last night. Thanks for this, pal. George, you've got to be a little bit concerned with your Leafs. I, I think I am. Uh, there could be changes coming for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Thanks for this, pal. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Uh, David, you have a lock real quick before the break? Yeah, Phil Phil kind of teased it there. We'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show, but let me lock in the Colts plus the three and a half points on All right, you're locked in. Uh, Todd Furman, the head of uh, the co-founder of the Bet the Board podcast and analyst for CBS Sports HQ will join us straight ahead. By the way, we'd love to hear what you like. Shoot us a text, 590-590, name and location, what you love today and the why. One hour down, two to go. Sports Interactions Inside the Lines brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Todd was leaning the Ravens and the Seahawks last week and also showed off his steel trap memory. You know what? You know what the interesting part about this is, David? You and George have been working with Steve for the last couple of years. As I recall, he tried to take ownership of the Scottish national soccer team in the Euros last year. So it's a convenient excuse now that he's forgotten about that, that now suddenly he can put himself behind the red and white of the Canadian team. The fact that you remember that, the fact (laughs) that you remember that, Todd, actually actually kind of makes me kind of put you in a little bit of a stalker territory now. (laughs) (laughs) You, You disclose the information publicly. Publicly, I retain useless facts. It's what I do for a living, and it just so happened that little tidbit stuck with me. Back to Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker on the Sportsnet Radio Network. 11 to 1 in Toronto on Sportsnet 590, the fan. 9 to 1 in Calgary on Sportsnet 960. 8 to 1 in Vancouver on Sportsnet 650. It's Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Todd Furman is the co-founder of the Bet the Board podcast and analyst for CBS Sports HQ, and he joins us on Inside the Lines. Todd, good and morning. And my stalker. And my stalker. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, we're good. A um, couple games, uh, really interesting matchups in the 1 o'clock window here. Uh, this Kansas City and Tennessee game, it, it's it's really fascinating to me how the public has flipped and all the public money's coming in on the Titans while the sharp money's coming in on the Chiefs. Where are you at with this game? You know, this one's interesting. You've seen a little bit of back and forth. There was an appetite from some sharp bettors to grab the six, getting out ahead of the market on the Titans. But as the number comes down... Uh, I'm in the of the mindset that I think it's a good buy-low opportunity for Kansas City, who should be able to do what they want when they want against the Titans' defense down two of its key cogs in its defensive backfield and first-round draft pick Caleb Farley, along with Christian Fulton, who was put on IR. You're talking about a short week for the Tennessee Titans to kind of run it back. And while Derrick Henry has been an absolute bat- battering ram that nobody should want to stand in front of, a couple of years ago, Kansas City found a way in the playoff game to at least neutralize some of his effectiveness. In my opinion, if you want to get Henry out of the mix, Kansas City has to turn their drives into touchdowns. I mean, this is a team that scored on 51% of its offensive series so far this season. If they can cut down on the turnovers, I'm not sure how the Titans stay in this one. Good morning, Todd. First question I have for you. So after a Sunday like last week for the sportsbooks, what does Vegas look like on a Monday morning? Are there sportsbook directors on the street corner with hat in hand looking for money for food and stuff? What's a, is, it a, is there a pall over the city? 
You know, it's not quite the same jubilant atmosphere behind the counter that you grow accustomed to throughout the course of the month of September. But I will say any book who wants to cry poverty can go back and look at their balance sheets through the first three or four weeks, know about all those parlays that worked in their favor and everything else. But it really is a a short-term memory loss. And I can tell you, having sat in some of those meetings and received emails, the sky suddenly is falling. Everyone forgets the five weeks of winners as soon as you have a bloody Sunday like they lived through last weekend. Okay, so Todd, the Carolina Giants game, we were talking about this one a little bit interesting in the fact that uh, while it looks like Carolina is getting all the money and, and Phil just said, Phil Gray just said that the Giants are probably going to be his biggest need of the day. That number is stuck at three and I'm even seeing some two and a halfs on the board. What's driving that? You know, I think books are reluctant to try and move this number even to a three flat, which are hard to find out here in the desert. You look at this Carolina offense, and other than, you know, a late drive or two against Minnesota, I think that box score last week was extremely misleading. Sure, they were able to force overtime and lose by a touchdown, but at the same point, they surrendered almost 600 yards. Now, this Giants offense won't be able to put the same pressure on the Carolina defense that we saw from the Vikings last week, but I'm not sure Carolina has enough firepower going for them offensively right now where they can win and cover comfortably on the road. So more fascinating than even the side perspective in this game is you've seen a jockeying back and forth on the total where this number got as high as 43-and-a-half. It's come back to 42-and-a-half in some spots and hovering strong at 43. I mean, I made the game roughly 2.9, so I don't see a ton of value unless it got to the Giants plus 3-and-a-half, and I don't think the market's going to allow that anytime soon. Todd, good morning. Uh, It has not been a very good uh, year for the Miami Dolphins. I think a lot of us thought this team would contend uh, for at least a wild card spot in the East, and it's kind of been the exact opposite. They don't don't, uh, go off uh, the bye of London, and I'm kind of wondering how you look at this game, considering that they did that. Uh, They're back in South Beach. Uh, The Falcons probably don't deserve to be uh, favorites against anybody, but I kind of like them in this spot. Am I am I wrong for liking the Falcons in this spot? And and how do you view one of the more meaningless games of the afternoon? In all honesty. I won't say you're wrong, but I can't get behind Atlanta, even with extra time to prepare a length, points on the road, dealing with some of that South Florida humidity. Now, I do expect the offense to look a little bit more dynamic. We saw Kyle Pitts start to emerge in their game against the Jets overseas. They'll, of course, get reinforcements with Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage back in the mix. And we'll see what Atlanta can do defensively. But the problem for the Falcons is they can't really rush the passer. And that's been the way to go after a Miami team who's a little bit soft on the offensive line. All indications are that Miami should be healthier this week than what we saw against Jacksonville last Sunday when you talk about Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Preston Williams on the offensive side, uh, along with um, Devontae Parker as well. As far as the buy, honestly, I think that gets a little bit overblown because when you look at the time of flights flying from the East Coast to London, it's not that much different than it is from a team on the East Coast flying across the country to the West Coast. And in this day and age, it's not like these guys are flying commercial or anything else along those lines. So I get a little apprehensive trying to factor that in. I'd actually lean towards teasing Miami up through the key numbers of 3, 4, 6, and 7 if I was going to tangle with this game at all. Todd, you didn't want to do it, but let me do it for you. Dave, you're wrong. Okay, go ahead, George. No, oh, no, no. Way, I won't, I won't say it's a, it's a different. It's a very different mindset, and it's not a game that I've wagered on. So I'm not going to tell anybody they're wrong, because if that was the case, know, I'd I have did. a, I'd have a ticket on the other side. I and do. Steve's I, on the Dolphins, so he's excited about your analysis. There. <laughs> I knew there had to be a catch to it, Dave. So I appreciate you <laughs> clarifying that. 
Todd Furman of the Bet the Board podcast, analyst for CBS Sports HQ, joining us here inside the lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Uh, Todd, how hard is it to clear that mental hurdle of thinking the Bengals are a good team because they're the Bengals? Well, it's not even that. It's realizing that this team is significantly better on the defensive side of the ball than what we've seen in recent years. I think all of us started to see flashes last year of what this team could be on the offensive side when Joe Burrow was healthy and some of the weapons he was surrounded by. Now you throw Jamar Chase into the fold. Still a sketchy offensive line at best. But it's a defense that's really made things tough on their opponents. You're getting the production from a defensive line that they've spent a ton of money on. Linebacking core has really stepped up, led by Logan Wilson. And you're getting better than expected performances from that secondary. And I think that's part of the reason over the last couple of weeks we've seen money come in consistently on Bengals unders. We can go back to the Green Bay game. Uh, We look at last week's game against the Lions. And this week here within the division, 47.5 down to 45.5. I think that's the angle that's probably worth attacking. The side has been uh, interesting to watch as well. Six, six and a half is where this number opened, and it really hasn't budged whatsoever. So I think a lot of people are taking that wait-and-see approach for both these teams in a game that will, will define who's in first place going into Week 8. Todd, I'll give you the choice. You can do whichever you'd like. Make a, tra- make a, a case for either Lions plus, thir- plus 16 and a half, uh, the Buccaneers plus, uh, Bears plus 13, or Texans plus 18. Are you making a case for any of those? I'm not making a case for any of that particular trio. And the reason why, when you look at this Lions and Rams game, I think this is all about Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay proving that, hey, look, he won the quarterback trade in the breakup, so to speak, during the summer. So I can see a scenario where the Rams are still throwing midway through the third quarter, even after they've built a comfortable lead. And when you look at this Lions team, unfortunately for them, they don't have much to write home about in the secondary to slow down the vertical passing attack from the Rams. So I want no part of the dog there. When you look at the Bears and Bucks. uh, This is a Bears team who I think has to operate out of two tight end sets if they can. I think Cole Komet should have a big day. But again, a lot of the Bears' success this season has been their ability to establish the ground game behind a trio of running backs. You can't do that against Tampa, and I really worry that Justin Fields isn't at the point in his career where he can exploit Tampa Bay's biggest deficiency in the secondary. There should be some weather in the forecast, though, and that could make it a little easier for the underdog. But at the same time, Akeem Hicks being out along that Bears defensive line, not a recipe for success at all. And when you look at Houston and Arizona, guys, this is something I'm not sure any of us ever believed we'd say. The favorite is actually catching steam from professionals. This number opened 17. It's as high as 20 at some of the sharper shops out here. And we've already seen the Texans in this role earlier this season lose 40 to nothing at Buffalo. Now, situationally speaking, there's nothing that rally behind for Arizona, who has a short week before they play Green Bay. But I'm not sure what the Houston Texans do offensively. And if you believe Houston is the side, I'd actually feel more compelled to bet the game under the total, hoping Arizona takes his foot off the accelerator. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, Todd. So we disagree on the Falcons and Dolphins. Can I, can I sell you on my selection of the Colts plus points on Sunday Night Football? Uh, what do you look at that primetime game with the returning Jimmy G on the San Francisco sideline? You know, I'm not on the other side of this game, but you can't sell me uh, on the Indianapolis Colts here. And I'm a little bit concerned about Indy and how they'll match up to a San Francisco team that's had a couple of weeks to get healthy during their bye 
uh, and scheme up ways to attack this Colts defense, at least on the edge. Now, we know normally for Indianapolis, their biggest weakness and liability is that defensive backfield. I don't think that'll come into play here, not because of what San Francisco can do in a vertical passing game, but because this has the potential to be the ugliest game of the day as far as Mother Nature having an impact. And that's the reason you saw over money come in at 44 when this total opened, but immediately got back down when the forecast started to clear up some. Looks like there's about 20 to 25 mile an hour wind gusts expected and steady rain here. Uh, I think this can be a ugly, ugly football game, and I'd actually lean slightly towards San Francisco if I had to pick it, uh, but probably will just feel content going under the total in the first half. Todd, where are you at uh, when you handicap a game yourself uh, when it comes to a look-ahead spot, and how much stock do you put into that? Because the Packers, uh, big favorites at home against Washington today. They got the Cardinals on deck on Thursday, and then they go to Kansas City. Where are you at with look-ahead lines, especially in a spot like this for Green Bay? I think you have to try and factor that in your handicapping a little bit, but you don't also want to uh, over-quantify that impact. I think the bigger issue here for Green Bay is are you paying a premium to buy Packer stock kind of at the top of the market? I mean, this is a team who hasn't gone out there and completely dominated their opponents. You look at the last four wins for them, two of them have come by exactly 10 points, and you wonder if that gives you a margin of separation late in the game if Green Bay's up you know, 10 to 13, and you're talking about Washington having a chance to come in through the back door. There's no doubt that Washington has been one of the biggest disappointments so far, and I think their offense has really struggled, given the fact that their weapons aren't operating at full capacity by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I'd lean under the total in this game if I had to try and get involved here, but I could also see taking the square bear approach and teasing Green Bay down. I'm not sure Washington has enough to go into Lambeau and win this game outright, but at the same time, I'm not sure I feel comfortable uh, laying eight, eight and a half with the Packers. Yeah, square bear. I like that. I'm on a Green Bay, New England uh, teaser. Does that make me a square bear? Uh, You were a square bear long before you announced your bets for this week, Steve. Mr. Furman, what's making your card today, my friend? You know, it's a game I played earlier, and hopefully all your guys' loyal listeners tuned into the Bet the Board podcast on Thursday. We had a feeling this number was going to be on the move. Uh, I'm on Philadelphia. I took the three, but also played them on the money line at 135, 140-ish. I think the Raiders win against Denver all of a sudden doesn't look nearly as good when you see the Broncos perform the way they did on Thursday night. And let's see how Coach Passaccia runs things back now that he's put himself on tape a little bit. As far as totals are concerned, Indian San Francisco, I'm under the first half there at 21 or better. And the same thing applies to tomorrow night's game between the Seahawks and Saints, a game that I think will be moving quickly, uh, a lot of running early on, and just don't see where the big plays come from. So I'll also be under 21 in the first half in the Seahawks and Saints. I love it. Todd Furman, uh, the co-founder of the Bet the Board podcast and analyst for CBS Sports HQ. Todd, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you next week. You got it, gents. Have a great day and best of luck with your picks. Thanks, Todd. Todd Furman is the best. Uh, we love to hear what you like as well. Shoot us a text, 590-590, name and location, what you love today and the why. Straight ahead, we'll preview a ton of games, including those big, big, big doggies in the 4 o'clock window. It's Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Which big underdog can keep it close in the 4 o'clock window? The Lions, Texans, and Bears are all double-digit underdogs. Will the guys be hopping on one of these doggies? Back to Inside the Lines with Rap, Bastel, and Russick. 
11-22 in Toronto. 9-22 in Calgary. 8-22 in Vancouver. It's Inside the Lines. Brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker, along the Sportsnet Radio Network. Later on in the program, we'll talk to our pal Connor Allen from 4for4.com and the Move the Line podcast as we take a spin around Prop City. We'll give you our picks at around 12.25 p.m. Eastern, and we'd love to hear what you like today. Shoot us a text, 590-590, name and location. But we still have plenty of games to preview, and let's dive back into the previews. And it's the 1-4 New York Jets at the 2-4 New England Patriots for a 1 p.m. Eastern kick at Gillette Stadium. The Patriots have won the past 11 meetings and have a 17-4 record against the Jets at Gillette Stadium. New England thumped the Jets 25-6 in Week 2. The Jets are looking for their first win against the Patriots since Week 16 of the 2015 season and haven't won in New England since November of 2008. The Jets are averaging just 3.6 yards per carry, better only than Houston and Las Vegas, both are averaging a league low 3.3 yards. New England is giving up just 3.8 yards per rush with his force, which is fourth best in the NFL. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones is coming off completing 15 of 21 for 229 and two touchdowns last week against the Cowboys for a season-high 118.9 passer rating. Jones is looking to complete 70% or more of his passes for the fourth game in a row. New England put pressure on Zach Wilson for the most part in that week to win, forcing him to throw a season-high four picks. Wilson has thrown at least one INT in every game. Keep your eye on the first half total. The Jets have zero points and just 79 total yards in the first quarter through five games and have been outscored 30 to donut. New York is just two for 11 on third downs in the opening quarter. I'll uh, go back to Don Best screen show sports interaction open the New England Patriots a seven point favorite with a total of 43 and a half. Well, we have uh, 85% of the public tickets on New England. Uh, That number stays at that seven. Sharp Money taking the seven has kept that number exactly where it is. Total currently at 42.5 down a point, probably because I think that would be the way to lean in this one, Dave, with the under. Yeah, rock solid uh, at seven. You're right. Uh, Let's take a look at uh, what's happening on the Patriots sideline. It's much more... Uh, relevant in the Jets right now, except one injury. Let's get to it right now. Jonathan Jones is out for the Patriots. Sean Wade is out as well. Two members of the secondary. A lot of question marks, as there usually is for Patriot games, because they seem to like, you know, forever to put everybody on uh, on uh, question. Uh, Kyle Van Noy is part of that. Dante Hightower is uh, part of that. Brandon King is part of that. Shaq Mason. The injury I'm looking out for, guys, is the one on the Jets sideline. CJ Mosley is doubtful, which usually means a scratch. So uh, right now, the captain of the defense, uh, as far as uh, the linebacker is concerned, play calling is concerned, Question mark with a hamstring pull, Steve. Uh, that's a big injury for the Jets. Yeah, are we? I mean, this Belichick against rookie quarterbacks and everything, that narrative. I mean, yeah, the numbers are all there, but are we sure that most of that now wasn't Tom Brady? I mean, the quarterback that he had, obviously, because I'm not sure any of those numbers of just Belichick now are really transposing into uh, past. Uh, Brady status but I'll tell you what I will do with this game is I think New England wins it I am going to lock in my teaser now since we're on it we've done both games my teaser will be New England down to a half because I think they win this game and Green Bay down to two and that will be my locked in teaser gentlemen 
You would think he would have heard a noise or something. Bong. There we go. I surprised him. Slow down there, Speedy. Could have truck through that gap. That's fine. Yeah, I don't... I can't, I can't trust the Patriots, the seven-point favorites in this spot right now. And you know, the Jets stink, and Zach Wilson's been turnover-prone, and I get all the whole Bill Belichick mystique with the rookie quarterback things that just Steve alluded to, but that's real numbers because the defense has always been solid under Bill Belichick for the most part for the past two-plus decades. I just can't trust New England as seven-point favorites in this spot, Steve. And is this number going to move either way as we head to kick off? I doubt it. I, I can't see it, George. I mean, like I said, it's been it's been stuck on seven, uh, you know, if all all week. I, I can't see it moving anywhere off a key number seven now. I uh, I took the Pats. Uh, sorry, I took the Jets plus the seven and a half at the bar. I didn't love it, but I just can't lay that many. Well, you have to take the, the seven Patriots. and a half at the bar, George. You're right. Yeah, I know you have. I, I had to. I didn't like it, but I had to do it because it's over that touchdown. And David, your Jets. Um, the defense has been okay. It's just I don't know how good the defense is because the offense just struggles so mightily to move the football down the field. Yeah, they do, especially in that first half, too. And you talked about the first half, uh, first quarter numbers, but the first half's been dreadful. And, and you know, they have come back uh, to, to cover some numbers. Um, my my play with the Jets this year has always been in play in the second half to see what they've done uh, and, and what the opposition looks like. Seven and a half, I think, is the right play you did at that time. But unfortunately, that no longer is on the board. As a uh, someone with a uh, Jets tattoo ta- tattooed over your heart, yeah. Dave, how are you, how are you happy uh, with Zach Wilson five games into his career? Are you are you locking in the uh, franchise quarterback forever? No, not yet. I- I've seen too many. I-, I I go back to Browning Nagel too. So uh, he was supposed That's to be a name. franchise quarterback as well. So uh, they-, they seem to have this history. Chad so. Pennington. Uh, you know what? Chad I Pennington thought Chad Pennington was wasn't bad. Yeah, he was a good quarterback. Uh, won a division. Won is, is a division. He the, is he in the Jets' ring of honor? Is he a first ballot uh, not, Ring of Honor Jets quarterback? It seems like everybody could be if it's uh, if it's Chad Pennington. No, not yet. No, he isn't. Oh, okay. Future head coach in the NFL, though, I will tell you that he will be a head coach Where is in the league. You watch. He's he he's in college now? right now. He's yeah. uh, running offenses, but he seems to have the type of mindset that he's like a smart Jason Garrett, where where he was more of a, a brain than 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 uh, a player. Even though he was a pretty good player. Yeah, I hope he doesn't hurt his collarbone carrying that clipboard, though, because he was fragile. Yeah. Anyway, well, I thought I thought he would open a noodle bar because of his noodle arm, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Team total. <laughs> you guys are so mean. <laughs> team total. Team total of eighteen for the New York Jets. Can they get there, David? Uh, I think they can. I I, I Ooh, think they can okay. in the second half. They'll uh, they'll be flirting with that number. I'm kind of curious. Is there any wind or anything like that in New England, Steve? Do we know anything about that? Uh, we can look. Well, there's a little W on the Don Best screen. Let me click. Yeah, because I thought there, I thought there was, but I, I've been trying to look for it while we're while we're talking, and uh, I'm wondering if uh, that plays a factor right now. Yeah, I, I'll let you know there, Dave, and uh, when okay. I find out, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna talk to a meteorologist on staff here at the sounds good headquarters yep. and find out. Very good. Okay, sounds good. Uh, we've wrapped up the one o'clock window. 
Let's get into the 4 o'clock window, and it's the 0-6 Detroit Lions at the 5-1 Los Angeles Rams for a 4.05 p.m. Eastern start at SoFi Stadium. Today's matchup marks an intriguing pair of reunions. Rams coach Sean McVay will face off against Jared Goff, who admitted this week that he remains a little sour about how last January's blockbuster trade that sent him to Detroit in exchange for Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford went down. The Lions are the league's only winless team and haven't snapped the ball on offense with the lead this season. The fourth team since 1991 to do that in its first six games. Detroit is also the first team in league history to lose two games in a season on a winning kicks of over 50-plus yards with zeros on the clock. Rams running back Daryl Henderson was solid against the Giants last week and ran for 78 yards on 21 carries. LA's running game has averaged over 120 yards in their last three. Keep your eye on Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup, who has a league-high 46 receptions, 653 receiving yards, and a league-leading seven receiving touchdowns. The Lions are giving up 8.7 yards per pass attempt on the road this season, which is tied for 30th in the NFL. Uh, just to finish up that last one, Dave, no wind in uh, New England. They're saying mm. five-mile-an-hour winds, which okay. is not much. Now we move on to this one where Sports Interaction opened the Rams as a 13.5-point favorite with a total of 49.5. That number keeps going up to 16.5 right now. We, As Todd Furman said, we have the uh, public and the professionals all on this big double-digit favorite, which is kind of sh- weird to see. Uh, the total has gone to 50.5, Dave. Yeah, question marks on the line sidelines with DeAndre Swift, uh, TJ Hawkinson, and Trey Flowers. Sony Michelle is the only question mark for the Rams nursing a uh, shoulder injury. Sorry. Um, my thing with this is, uh, you know, you talk about a coach knowing his quarterback. It, yeah. <laughs> on the Rams side of things, is there a guy that knows Jared Goff yeah. as well as Sean McVay? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the, the narrative here is just too easy, and it, it, as a really spite and hate and all those things. But and I think is, it is real heat too. I don't yeah, think this, they like I mean, each McVay other. McVeigh never liked them. This is about McVeigh showing that all that draft capital and stuff he gave away to get his quarterback uh, is the way to go. Uh, McVeigh six and three against the spread lifetime was a favorite of more than ten points. Uh, he was six and one as a favorite of more than uh, double digits when he had Goff. So I mean, this could with with uh, with is it uh, Sam Sam Bradford or Matty Stafford? I can never figure yeah, it. Matty uh, Stafford. Matt Stafford um, yeah. I think this is McVeigh's opportunity here. He's gonna you know he's gonna let everybody know I made the right decision. I I just can't yeah. see that the, the Rams not putting their foot down and keep going. And you know what? Because of that, I do have a first half play on this. I have the Rams minus nine and a half points at minus one twenty six. So Rams first half minus nine and a half because I, I have a feeling that it's going to be one of those games once it gets to that four thirty or four or five window, I should say, that it might be fourteen. 20, 20, 21, 28 by halftime. So this you, could look ugly. You know what Goff does worse than anything else he does? Pass under pressure. You know by who the small Rams gloves? <laughs> you know who uh, you know who the Rams have to give bring pressure? Guy by the name of Aaron Dar- Darnold. Um Don, Don who's Aaron Darnold? Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. <laughs> what I, George, you have to stop you have to stop shaming my speech patterns. Really. <laughs> speech, oh, just get go. the name right. It's nothing to do with your speech patterns. I said you should get the name right. He's gonna have a field day. Yeah. Darnold yeah, so. Donald. 
Aaron Donald. Whatever. Yeah, no problem. It's, it's a combination um, of Sam Darnold and Aaron Donald together. Like, I, I, I want to say that uh, I think we said this heading into the game against the Bengals last week when it pertains to the Lions that they played hard under Dan Campbell, but last week's effort, they gave up and they were just destroyed by the Bengals in that matchup. Do you think the Lions can rally around their quarterback and keep mm. this just relatively close? Can that happen here? Because, again, Steve, I, you're, you're, you're like me. I, when I see the, these many points, I naturally gravitate towards the big, big point spread here. Do you think the Lions can rally around their small-handed quarterback? Well, I think your best case scenario, you know, as anything can happen, it's the NFL. Let's not be, let's not fool ourselves. I think your best case scenario is the backdoor cover, but is Jared Goff look like a guy that can get you the backdoor cover? He's, you know, his his years in Detroit should show you he's had experience doing. Oh, no, his, his years of experience should show you he has no experience getting those back doors. So, uh, I think we're going to see a new quarterback in the Lions by the second half. I think we're going to see that quarterback change. What? I'm not saying. No. I'm not saying full time. Yeah. Well. And who would that? Hey, Dan uh, David Blau. Uh, Dan Campbell already called out uh, Jared Goff last week. And sure. If they're if there's they're getting no, kicked, David, there's, there's no, no way he's going to bench Jared Goff in Los Angeles. In this no. game, in this game, you're right. I, that's where I was going with that, Joy. Come on. I mean, you might as well just you might as well just bury the guy forever. You're down you're 30 down points in, in the third quarter. Game. Try the next guy up. Yeah, I, I don't. Maybe they rally I, around yeah, him. I, see what you I, guys yeah. I got. I hated it, but I got fished in. I got fished in. I took the Lions at the bar plus the big points. It was like <laughs> 16 and a half. I don't like it. I don't like it. But maybe they rally around Jared Goff. Tease them up What's to 22, that? Jared. Tease them up to 22. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe. Um, and, David, uh, team total for the Lions, 17 points. Steve, if they backdoor cover, can they hit that 17-point mark as a team total, gentlemen? I don't see how they move the ball on the Rams' front seven. I don't see how Goff gets anything done. 17, if it's not, unless it's junk time and they're down, you know, down 30 to three in the second half and maybe grab some junk time, uh, I can't see it happening. I, it's not a bet that I'm going to make, gentlemen. I'm not going to have a single bet on this game. No, yeah, I... it's, a, it's a tough one. The four o'clock window, maybe not the sexiest of games, but this one's kind of intriguing. It's the two and four Philadelphia Eagles at the four and two Las Vegas Raiders for a 4.05 p.m. Eastern start at Allegiant Stadium. The Eagles have won the last two in this series with a 19-10 home win in 2017 and a 49-20 beatdown in Oakland in 2013. The Raiders won an interim coach Rick Basaccia's debut last week. Basaccia will try to become the sixth Raiders coach to start 2-0 in first since Bill Callahan in 2002. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts has two TD runs and a TD pass last week against the Bucks. Hurts is the sixth quarterback since the merger with at least two rushing touchdowns in consecutive games. The Raiders rank 26th against the run, 4.6 yards per carry allowed. Las Vegas is tied for the league low with just four turnovers, while Philadelphia is third fewest with five. Philadelphia has been penalized a league high 54 times this season. Keep your eye on Las Vegas running back Kenyon Drake, who had a TD catch and a TD run last week, becoming the first Raiders player to do that in the same game since Darren McFadden against the Bills in 2011. The Raiders are last in the NFL at just 3.33 yards per carry. 
We just heard Todd Furman give up this as his only side of the day. Uh, Philadelphia currently, well, Ra- uh, Raiders opened as a uh, two and a half or three point favorite uh, at home, total of 48 and a half. Um, that, this game got up to three and a half for a, just a blip in time. Uh, back down now to two and a half, uh, total 48 and a half. Uh, best of the numbers gone if you want to follow what uh, Todd and really the sharp betters have been in that was at uh, Philadelphia taking the plus three. Not there anymore, Dave. Yeah, not any there exactly. Uh, Raiders backup tight end Nick Bowers is out with a neck injury. Uh, Eagles relatively healthy, but uh, Jack Anderson on the offensive line is a question mark. Anthony Harris in the secondary is also a question mark, Steve. Yeah, I pro- what I'll probably do here is buy on to the three in a parlay later in the day. I mean, the, the narrative you're reading about this one is the huge uh, letdown spot here emotionally for uh, the Raiders who, you know, had a divisional matchup in Denver, in Denver, where they were, you know, they, they rallied around this new coach. Uh, they got a big victory. Uh, now they're, you know, they're going back to Vegas. They've got the media there. They've got the national attention. They got local attention. They got everything. Uh, I think, I think what everybody's looking at it around the Eagles here, which is potentially a letdown spot for the Raiders here. Uh, I like the fact that the Eagles can get to the quarterback, and we saw them put up that valiant effort against the Bucks uh, last week. But I, I just I, I don't know if I can. They obviously don't run the football like the Raiders potentially here. If I do like a side here, and I think I leaned Raiders at the bar at home, and I didn't like it either. I do kind of like the total in this game to go over the number, Steve, because I think we'll see a lot of explosive plays in this game. Yeah, but one thing that Philadelphia can do is defend against a big play downfield, and that's really the Raiders' game. I mean, the Raiders the Raiders are car chucking it downfield. I mean, that's it's been their game since really uh, – and uh, Dave Al Davis had the team. It has really changed. Dave, I didn't hear you said uh, Lane Johnson in or out for Philadelphia. On the he's not listed line. on the report, um, so he's I, in. So that's a big that's a big yeah. uh, deal as well. Uh, that team, that offensive line is just better with Lane Johnson on it. Well, it it'll look different because we know Max Crosby has done a fantastic job of getting to the quarterback this season for the Raiders, great. but he hasn't faced off against a right guard like Lane Johnson. So that's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, what he does uh, in that situation today against the Raiders. Um, how much I'm a little concerned if I do like the Raiders today that they beat those those just terrible Broncos last week because I think we thought that was a big win, but the more you kind of zoom back and look at the Denver Broncos, they stink. Uh, they're not a very good football team, and the Raiders went in there, credit to them, for winning at a place that is hard to win regardless of what the Broncos look like just based on the altitude. But does that... Does what the Broncos did on Thursday night and how they've looked recently kind of take the shine a little bit off that win last week? I think it definitely does. Yeah, I think it does, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it definitely does. And I, like I said, it's, it's, it's lots of things going on. I mean, they, they also had the emotional baggage and high of rallying around a new coach last week. Now they're now they're preparing on a short week uh, for a team that's actually had a mini-buy. They played uh, a week ago Thursday. Um so you got a coaching staff that's kind of scrambling around, and uh, so there's a lot of, lot of baggage with this Vegas team this week. And and you know, if it's good enough for Mr. Todd Furman, it's good enough for me. 
Yeah, real quickly, too, here, uh, Darren Waller is dealing with something. Uh, he is going to be a game-time decision. He's going to deal. Uh, he's going to try to go, potentially. What What does that mean to this number, mm. potentially, Steve, if Darren Waller can't go? Well, I think if they announce Darren Waller, that's got to be worth at least a half a point on the line. I think this thing drops down to two. It's not one and a half if Waller's out. I mean, he's, so, he's, he's, he's their outlet. He's his car's outlet. He's his safety net. He's where he looks all the time. So if you are a Philadelphia Eagles backer and you didn't get the best of the number, as Todd Furman was talking about earlier, but if Darren Waller can't go, maybe jump on the Philadelphia Eagles. You could still that's a that's you could an still jump injury, on. by the way with Waller. Um, it's a, he said, "quote doesn't feel great." Las Vegas is expecting to know at pregame warmups whether he can play against the Eagles. So significant. You know, Still can grab the three at Sports Interaction and pay a little premium, but if we're sitting at two and a half minus fifteen currently, uh, that plus three probably minus twenty five is looks like the best you're going to get on the board right now. Okay, let's move on. It's the three and three Chicago Bears at the five and one Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a four twenty five p.m. Eastern start at Raymond James Stadium. The Bucks have survived a rash of injuries to get to five and one, but if you look kind of closely at those wins, only one has come against a top ten defense. The Bears are two and two with Justin Fields as their starter, while Tom Brady leads the NFL in passing yards and is second in touchdown passes with seventeen through six games. The Bears off. Offense averages 129 yards rushing compared to a league low 117.2 passing. It could be a tough day for Chicago, who face a Bucks team that has the league's stingiest run defense at just 54.8 yards per game. Tampa Bay leads the league in passing, but is 28th in rushing. However, Leonard Fournette is getting a greater workload and is also getting involved in the passing attack the past three games. Fournette's 376 total yards from scrimmage over that stretch are third most in the NFL behind Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Keep your eye on sacks. The Bears' offensive line has surrendered a league-high 22 sacks this year, while Chicago can get after it on defense and lead the NFL with 21 sacks. George, I'm going to need your help here for a second because I'm seeing that the Don Best Green Tampa Bay Open at Sports Interaction is a 10-point favorite total of 49. Total's now 47. Uh, Sports Interaction has this number. We're currently at 13. Uh, nobody else is close to 13. I see some 11 and a halfs out there. Wow. Therefore, I see some value. And if Sports Interaction is currently 13, I'm going to lock that in plus 13. They Just are. Because I see the value on that. Right I now, mean, they're 13 I, in sports interaction. Phil, Phil's taking a position. He's telling you right now that he needs the Chicago Bears very badly because he's trying to suck any Chicago Bear action he can get in right now because uh, everybody else is worth the number they're, they're at. Like a vortex? Uh, like a like, vortex. The money's no, just... Big t- a like, a, vortex. Like, a fly, like a money vortex. Anyway. Yes. Dave? <laughs> Tons of injuries on that Buccaneers sideline. Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Levante David, Richard Sherman, who's done absolutely nothing for this team. Well, he was getting signed. burned. <laughs> well, okay, he has done that, but that is yeah. it. Uh, all these players are out. Uh, O.J. Howard is a question mark. Jason Pierre-Paul. So maybe there is some pretty good value uh, betting the Bears uh, with that number. We should say Bears aren't uh, aren't uh, 100% either. Question marks include Allen Robinson, uh, Khalil Mack, uh, Caleb Johnson, Duke Shelley. 
Uh, so some question marks. Uh, Hakeem, uh, Hakeem Hicks will, will miss this game too with a groin injury. Part of that defensive front seven. How are we feeling about Justin Fields? Is he getting better? Is he looking more comfortable? Does he look like he's some of them might be able to get us a backdoor touchdown here if we need one? Well, if there's one thing you can do against the Buccaneers, it's throw the football. I just don't sure. know if Justin Fields and the Bears are capable he of hasn't throwing done the it football yet. down yeah. the field. They have. Is he, yeah, you have to attack that secondary that's full of injuries. It's that's the weakest part of their team. Um, yet, is Justin Fields a guy that can get it downfield? Uh, listen, he's looked better. He's looking better every week. Let's see. Maybe it's this week. It's, it's a lot of points to have to uh, cover for a Tampa Bay team. Justin that... Fields. Justin Fields has thrown over 200 yards once in his NFL career. Once. Um, you want you want a very jarring stat? Fire. Yes, I, I feel like being jarring. Top that last one of 200 yards. Go. I will top it. Uh, okay. The Bears far and away the worst passing attack on the road. <laughs> They're only averaging ninety nine point three passing yards on the road this season. That is true. You know can we can we talk about something? That two oh nine was something? at home against the Lions too. Ninety nine point three passing yards on the road this season. That's what the Bears are averaging. Far and away the worst in the National Football wow. League. Can we just quickly talk about something we haven't talked about yet that I that I forgot I wanted to bring up? How much did you, I mean, the fact that we spoke, I mean, like the the verbiage used is Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Just watch Aaron Rodgers say, I own you, I own you, I own you, was one of the greatest things I've seen this year in football. I loved it. I absolutely loved it because he was speaking our language. Yeah, it was great. I love what Aaron Rodgers did to those poor Chicago Bears and the fans. And obviously, uh, he does. You just look at the numbers. He has absolutely roasted the Chicago Bears his entire career. But the fact um, that he told them. He told them. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. Of course, because he's Aaron Rodgers, and he's that type of guy. Um, do you guys think that uh, just based on uh, the Bears potentially putting a little pressure on Tom Brady, because that's the only way you can beat Tom Brady, you're putting the pressure on to get to the quarterback a lot, that potentially could bode well for the Bears here, but what they want to do is, and that's that's just what the crux of the issue is in this game, is the Bears want to run the football, but they can't against the best run defense in the NFL, so they'll have to pass it, but they're the worst passing attack in the NFL. Just how do you take the Bears in this spot? And you just did at 13 points, Steve, and I get it. It's a big number, value. and it's moved three points value. from a lot of books around uh, North America, and that's a smart play by you. I just This is just a matchup nightmare to me for the Chicago Bears. That's the. I mean, George. Honestly, that is the only reason that I I'm doing it. I see, you know, I see a, a value, uh, and not. To, and I should mention that it's not a ton of value because eleven and a half to thirteen, you're going over twelve. You're going over twelve and a half. You're not going over key numbers there. But I, I you know, I just the bear. The books have been killed the last two weeks. This is obviously one they need regression to the mean and everything this means that sometimes uh you know sometimes you got to look at that number and go with what you go with i'll tell you the one thing that concerns me here gentlemen is you say bears want to run the ball they're not going to be able to run the ball the bears can attack the the tampa bay secondary that's what they need to do but they can't do it if they had a coach that was smart enough and good enough to be able to scheme the things that maybe approach this game differently i would feel better about that bears play unfortunately Nagy's got to be up next for next coach fired. I, I just don't think that guy has it. He keeps getting fights with his quarterbacks. That can't be optimal for a head coach. 
Hmm. No, well, I think Urban Meyer has that mantle as the guy who's going to get fired first, potentially, especially with his disinterest uh, going coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars. But yeah, like the, the, this Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace connection in Chicago, the coach and GM, I don't think it's it's yeah. long for the Bears here. But again, they could have hit the home run with Justin Fields. It's way too early to determine whether or not that guy will be an elite quarterback, David. Yep, very, very much so. It'll be interesting to see, too, if you do clear out the general manager and the head coach and the new guy comes in, what happens to Justin Fields? Because you think that you have something yeah. there, but clearly it was well, uh, it was purchased an by another regime, right? Yeah, you got to bring in an offensive-minded coach that sure. That, well, you know. yeah. I hear the I hear the uh, co- the quarterback whisper Adam Gase is available. Maybe he is yeah, available. He'd look available. great in not? Chicago. Yeah. He's a I'd quarterback whisper. That. He would he'd be yeah, great. The, the Jets should have fired him during his press conference. What he was doing yes. with his eyes, like this isn't <laughs> going to work. Yeah. Uh, real quick, too, uh, we're not talking enough about Tom Brady as the MVP. He might lead. He might lead the NFL in passing yards, and we're not talking enough about Tom Brady potentially. We've talked yet. enough about Tom Brady. The world has Another talked MVP enough about award. Tom Brady. Everybody's talked enough about Tom Brady. Everybody knows who Tom Brady is. He does not need to be talked about anymore. Okay, fine. Let's move on. It's the one in five Houston Texans at the six and zero. Oh, Let's Arizona talk about Cardinals. Tom Brady. Okay. Uh, for the 4.25 p.m. Eastern start at State Farm Stadium. It's a homecoming because it's, well, it's not really a homecoming, but it's in Arizona. It'll be the first time the Cardinals receiver DeAndre Hopkins and defensive lineman J.J. Watt will face off against the only other team they've played for in their careers. The Cardinals are trying to improve to 7-0 and for the first time since 1974, while the Texans are in a five-game losing streak. Kyler Murray continued his MVP level of play with four more touchdown passes last week in Cleveland, while James Conner and Chase Edmonds combined for 117 yards on the ground. Four of Houston's five losses have been by double digits, with two of those by 40 at the Bills in Week 4 and 28 at the Colts in Week 6. The defense has given up 30 or more points three times, while the offense have managed nine or fewer uh, have managed nine or fewer three times. Keep your eye on Arizona's new tight end, Zachers, who is expected to make his debut today after being a Acquired in a trade with the Eagles last week. The three-time Pro Bowl selection fills a need after Max Williams was lost for the season because of a knee injury on October 10th. Well, it's the biggest spread of the week. Obviously, the Arizona Cardinals opened at, as 14.5-point favorites in sports interaction. Total 49.5. That number has climbed to 18. We've seen 18.5s on the board. As Todd Furman mentioned, we see a number where actually professionals are interested in laying that 18. Uh, the total currently sits at 47.5, Dave. Yeah, uh, as far as the Cardinals are concerned, uh, add to the tight end list is uh, Daryl Daniels, who's, a, I guess, a third-string tight end for the Cardinals. Now, he, he will miss this game. Uh, either than that, guys, I'm not really seeing anything over significance. Uh, Jordan Hicks is a question mark. Tanner uh, Valario is a question mark as well. Texan sideline still list Deshaun Watson is not injury-related. Apparently, he was supposed to be in Miami this week. Uh, that hasn't worked out just yet. Uh, Justin Britt on the offensive line is a question mark for the Texans as well. In in Miami, what taking the sun, sitting on the beach? No, 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 no trade, trade. He he was there was How's a couple he... mega reports out of Houston that this yeah. was going to be done sooner yeah. than later. So and he was going to be allowed uh, to play. No, well that's the thing, right? He might no. even be in jail. Who knows what's going to yeah, happen exactly. with Sean Watson? <laughs> All right, so <laughs> no, anyway, really, like I, I understand, no, but let's not, not talk about him. He's ha- he's trending in that direction. Okay, well, <laughs> so. uh, 
The trade deadline is November 2nd, and Ian Rappaport on the NFL Network this morning saying how they, the Texans expect to trade him before the deadline. When it comes to this game, the one thing I do really like in this game, guys, is James Conner's uh, total rushing yards prop to go over 55.5 yards. I wrote it at Sports Interaction. I'm going to lock that in, 55.5 rushing yards today. James Conner. I think this okay. this sets up perfectly for an all-running uh, game to at, in the back end of this game, I think the Cardinals get out to a big lead early, and then you'll see a lot of James Conner like we saw last week against the Cleveland Browns. Chase Edmonds dealing with an injury himself, so we'll see the physicality from James Conner, who's coming off a big week against the Cleveland Browns. Got a lot of the carries, the bulk of the carries. I think that total's a little low against a Houston run defense that can't stop anybody, giving up 5.15 yards per carry. That's 31st in the NFL and they're giving up 122 yards per game to running backs. That's 30th in the NFL. I think just game script will dictate that we'll see a lot of James Conner in the second half. Ergo, why I like to take his prop over the 55-and-a-half rushing yards, Steve. Yeah, uh, listen, i, I got to sit here and going to try to make a, a case for the Houston Texans. I will. Um, this number is overinfl- overinflated. That's what we get this time of the year when the books have been creamed for two weeks. They're not going to give you a freebie. They're going to move it up as much as they can. Never has there been an un- unbeaten team favored by 17 or more points this October or later that has covered the spread. The six undefeated teams uh, have gone 0-6 against the spread. They failed to cover by more than 10 points. We talked about the letdown spot for the Cards coming off the big win, uh, coming off two big wins against Niners and, and Cleveland. And now we've talked about already they got the short week Thursday night game against the Packers, and then follow that with a game against uh, San Francisco. Um, listen, so you're uh, all those in reasons. Texans plus 20? Oh, I got 20? Yep. Will you give me 20, 20? I'll lock him in. No, Is it 20 now? I see it. What, I what see a 20. Up? Can I get Texans plus 60? <laughs> is it 20 now? I just no, saw it's 20 not. on the board. What is it? What, it, what is it? Okay, I'll take 19 and a half. 19 and a half? I'll take Man, the that's climb since we've been on the air. I thought you guys yeah, were I'll just take... joking around. It is 20 now. It's 20. See, I, I'm take not the 20. lying to you guys. <laughs> that's insane. I'm taking the 20. I'm taking 20 points all day long. Keep hitting wow. that number. Doing, 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 doing. 20, 20 points. 20. I'm taking 20. I When's the last time we it. saw 20 points in a game? Was it last season? The Jets in Kansas City, did that get up to 20? 20 more Great maybe, question. I think. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. Good Lord. 20, 20 points. points. I, you got it. I in, just, in the I, National I, Football I League. What, I think what I'd could lose go wrong my... with having the Bears and the Texans on the same no. ticket, eh, Steve? Yeah, and Miami, and Miami. <laughs> I, I think, I, but I think I would lose my my handicapping decoder ring if I didn't take twenty points when it was offered to me. Uh, it always reads black like your black heart. Um, t- Tennessee Titans fourteen uh, points on the team total, Steve. If you like them plus twenty, you gotta like them plus fourteen team yeah, total to it. go over. Do it. Who Houston? Yep. Yeah, plus. The team total is fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, I'll just. I'm. I'm going. I'm going for. I'm going for a uh, nineteen nothing win for Arizona. uh, A nineteen nothing win for Arizona. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh. That's fine. Nineteen to nothing Arizona. It's a weird score. But we'll take take the under. Yeah, take the under fourteen. Lord. You know what? You guys can make your own picks and let me make my picks. (laughs) Don't worry about trying to tell me what I should take. I know what I should take. Just relax. (laughs) 
Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, two more Stay games to go. The, the primetime games. Colts at 49ers. New Orleans at Seattle straight ahead. We'll give you our picks. Uh, we'll do that in about 12.25 p.m. We'd love to hear what you like as well. Shoot us a text, 590-590. Name and location. And we'll talk to our pal Connor Allen, the Senior Director of Betting at 444.com and the co-host of the Move the Line podcast. One more hour to go. It's Inside the Lines brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Sportsnet 590, the fan. I don't know what we all did to deserve this, but thank your lucky stars that we got Geno Smith in primetime for the second week in a row. Geno Smith will drop deep. He'll pump. He'll take it. Lost the football. Knocked out by one. Recovered by Devin Bush, who circles the right way. He almost lost the ball, but he's got it at the 16. And the Smith fumble forced by the defensive star, T.J. Watt. Go buy a lottery ticket. Back to Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Twelve oh four in Toronto on Sportsnet five ninety, the fan. Ten oh four in Calgary on Sportsnet nine sixty. 904 in Vancouver on Sportsnet 650. It is Inside the Lines. Brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Later on this segment, we'll give you our picks, what we like for week seven. We love to hear what you like. Shoot us a text, 590-590. Name and location, please. We'll tee up that Monday nighter between the Saints and the Seahawks coming up. And don't forget, in the back half of this hour, we take a spin around Prop City when our pal Connor Allen from 4for4.com and the Move the Line podcast will join us to talk some proposition bets for your week seven. But let's dive back into the previews. And it's the Sunday nighter. It's the two and four Indianapolis Colts at the two and three San Francisco 49ers for an 8.20 p.m. Eastern start at Levi Stadium. The Colts have won the last four meetings in this series, including 26-23 in overtime in 2017 that dropped San Francisco to 0-5 in Coach Kyle Shanahan's first season. San Francisco has lost three straight games and are one and six at Levi Stadium over the past two seasons. The 49ers are minus five in turnover differential, tied for third worst in the NFL, while the Colts are plus seven, which is tied for third best. The Colts have a 42.9% red zone efficiency, which is the second worst in the NFL. Only nine of their 21 red zone drives have ended in a touchdown. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor ran for 145 yards in last week's victory over Houston and has 116 yards receiving the previous week at Baltimore. Taylor is averaging a robust 5.1 yards per carry. Keep your eye on Jimmy G. 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo will start after missing one game with a right calf injury. Garoppolo hasn't been sharp in his last two starts, completing 61% of his passes with three TDs, two INTs, and an 84.2% passer rating. 
Uh, we look at Sports Interaction opened up. San Francisco was a five and a half point favorite, total 44 and a half. Uh, public looks a little bit split on this game based on the ticket numbers I see, but obviously this has been a bit of a sharp play earlier in the week. We now see this number down under the key number of four. Uh, down to three and a half now. The 49ers' favorite total has dropped two and a half points as well, Dave. It's now down to 42. Bastos blanket coverage. I want my banky. You know what? The uh, Colts, to me, guys, uh, are looking like they're turning a corner with Carson Wentz. I know I, I wouldn't have believed that at the beginning of the year, but last three games, averaging five yards per play. That's ranked top three in the NFL over that time. Outstanding run attack. You talked about it, George, with Jonathan Taylor. 300 yards in the last three games. This guy's been money as far as that offense is concerned. Subtract that OT meltdown against the Ravens, and the Colts would enter this game on a three-game winning streak. Taking effect also, DeFore, uh, DeForest Buckner revenge game. I'm not sure who the 49ers are and if they have the confidence behind Jimmy G who returns for the first time since week four. Is he really the guy? Because I don't think he is. Colts defense, by the way, 12 takeaways this season. I think they do it against a, a very pick-friendly Jimmy Garoppolo. I locked in the Colts at plus three and a half and I really like that number. My Colts are the play this week. David, I respect your opinion. David, I have no opinion. You know what? I think that uh, come game time, if we still see the three or three and a half, I will probably lean towards San Francisco and bet on San Francisco only because we see a Sunday night may, uh, national primetime game where the house is probably going to need the favorite, and that doesn't happen very often. And I like to tend to decide with what the house needs. But what uh, what I do what do scares me off is Shanahan's horrible as a favorite. Yeah, dogs are twenty eight and one against the spread against him. They cover seventy one percent of the time. He's zero and seven as, as a home favorite against the spread the past two seasons. Um, you can extrapolate that to three, four, and two at home. He's four twenty three and two at home over the past seven seasons as a coach. Um, so yeah, I mean it it it's it scares me off a little bit because Shanahan's just been a horrible coach mm. as a favorite. Um. But I think with this number going in that direction, what the primetime game is going to look like, I will probably lean to San Francisco. I mean, I'm not going to put a you, – you tell me all the Jonathan Taylor numbers and everything from last week and how Wentz started no, no, to look last, better last the week. The season, the season. This Remind me who good. they played and racked up these numbers against last week. Is it the team that I'm taking 20 points with today? <laughs> it is. It is. That's one yeah, of the that's what teams, I thought. Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah, he, yeah. he put up good numbers. Uh, you know what? He's been an offense. He's been an all-pro player this season, and I and I think he's going to be part of that list at the end of the year. That's how good he's been. This one's tough, right? Because can you trust? Can you trust Carson Wentz on the road uh, to keep it close against the San Francisco 49ers, who obviously had the extra time to prepare? Uh, the Colts' defense has been better of late, and then all of a sudden, uh, you've seen them struggle against good teams that can run the football like the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, can the 49ers, do they have uh, enough health here to actually run the football effectively? Because that ultimately what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. The Colts struggled to stop the run. It's just, this is, to me, this is the toughest game on the schedule. And Steve, this number is just cemented into that three and a half. No, I don't think right it is. Now. 
What's I don't that? think it is. I th- I think it's okay, leaning cause... towards three. I think it's leaning towards three. If you ask me the truth, I see three and a half even. And because that's what you said at the beginning of the show. Out. That's why I locked that in early, right? So because well, I missed the four, well, obviously, but yeah, you missed. But it's but it but it is it is definitely going. It's going down that way. Um, is this a is this a kitchen sink game for San Francisco in that division? I mean, Indianapolis is in the AFC South. They can go two and five and still have a chance to win the division. Uh, San Francisco goes two and four in this NFC West, uh, where they already got Arizona at six and zero, Rams at five and one. You can't yep. fall too far behind, and and the NFC no. is going to have it'd be the tougher road to get a wild card spot, I think. Um, yep. So this is kind of kitchen sink for San Francisco here. Feels like it, doesn't it? Right, because uh, the Seahawks, I, I, I the Seahawks going to be very hard pressed to be a playoff team, and we'll talk about that game in one sec. Because Russell Wilson is going to be out for a few more games here. Can they keep their head above water until Russell Wilson comes back? But yeah, this this has to be a must win for the Forty ers here already. And let's see what Jimmy G can do, right? Because at this point, Jimmy G to me gives him a better chance of winning than Trey Lance. I don't think there's any question there. Yeah, mm. I, 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 I just don't know if he's the guy. By the way, we should tell we should tell sure. our listeners uh, weather, heavy weather in San Francisco, rain expected, uh, and significant wind as well. Windiest okay. of the schedule, actually. Would Which that might mean be why we see the total under? dropping a little bit? Yeah, forty-two points right now in this game. It's already as well. pretty small. Yeah. yeah. We don't leave now. I'll see what the weather's like. I mean, what kind of we had wind? Don't forget, we've talked about it before. It's wind. Wind and rain. Wind and rain. Wind and rain. Same for the San next Francisco, one, too, with shocking. the Seahawks. Wind and rain. Shocking. Wind and rain. Wind, yeah. No. No. Rain yeah, in Seattle? In Seattle. No. I, I know. I know. No. I, know. I know. Oh, my God. Shocking. Shocker. Let's get to that game. It's the 3 and 2 New Orleans Saints at the 2 and 4 Seattle Seahawks for an 8:15 p.m. start tomorrow. It's the Monday Nighter at Lumen Field. Geno Smith will start for the Seahawks who are last in perhaps the toughest division in the league and with only Detroit and the New York Giants having worse records in the NFC. The Saints have ventured inside the opponent's 20-yard line 14 times this season. 13 of those drives have ended with a touchdown. The Seahawks are allowing an eye-popping 433.2 yards per game this season, which is far and away the worst in the NFL. New Orleans has allowed 100 yards rushing in six straight games, which is tied for their longest streak since 2011. During the first four weeks of the season, Saints running back Alvin Kamara was averaging an underwhelming three and a half targets per game prior to, prior to going on a bye in week six. The old Kamara has shown up. He's hauled in five of eight targets for 51 yards and a touchdown against Washington. Keep your eye on famous... Jameis through five games this season with Jameis Winston as their starter. The Sa- listen to this. The Saints rank second to last in the NFL with Yikes. just 169.4 yards passing per game. Forget those days of Drew Brees and Sean Payton throwing the ball all around the field. Uh, we look at uh, the New Orleans Saints as a opened as a three point favorite in Seattle. Shocking that we could ever say that about the Seattle Seahawks at home. Uh, that number is now up to four. Uh, total open forty three and a half, down to forty two and a half. Dave, tell us what's going on there. Yeah, Alex Collins is uh, is questionable for this game, guys. This guy had a really good. Uh, 
a really good game last week. It's a groin injury, so that will be a game-time decision. On the offensive line, Damian Lewis, a shoulder injury is a game-time decision as well. Uh, Taysom Hill will miss this game for the Saints, so they don't have that security utility quarterback slash wide receiver running back in the lineup. Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Johnson is also listed as out. Uh, Peyton Turner is out for the Saints as well. When Jameis Winston is installed as a favorite, his nickname should be ATM, uh, automatic cash machine. Uh, to bet against Jameis as a favorite, uh, you would go 17, 8, and 1 in that spot. You'd cover 68% of the time. Not only that, uh, Jameis dogs have gone four. Dogs have gone 14 and 12 against Jameis when he's a favorite. Straight up. Straight up. Never mind covering spreads. Uh, Winston 0-2 against the spread on Monday night, both times shockingly as a favorite. Um, yeah, I know. I, I know Seattle's got Geno Smith. But, again, we just talked about kitchen sink games. You know, game, I mean, this is it. I mean, if they get run over and put a nail in the Seattle Seahawks coffin at home, uh, I uh, I definitely will be uh, leaning or on the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow, taking the four points. I took the Seahawks getting the points at the bar because uh, when do you ever see that line, the Seahawks getting that many points in a primetime game? At home, yeah. And Pete at Carroll. Home, yeah. uh, I, I gave you. I gave you guys that eye-popping stat about the Chicago Bears and their lack of a passing attack on the road. Do you know who's 31st in passing yards on the road? Uh, the Chicago Bears? The New Orleans Saints. No, 31st. Ooh. The Bears are dead oh, last. Yeah. The Saints are second-worst in the NFL. They're only throwing the ball at 153 yards a game, and if Taysom Hill is, in fact, missing this game, that is a big loss because that takes away a lot of what the Saints are going to do. Who, who's going to catch the ball for New Orleans? Uh, is it going to be all Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield? Like, they don't have any really pass catchers. Marquez Callaway, who everyone loved in the preseason. Seattle's defense has got to be... The Seattle's defense got to be near the bottom of the league. Or they the are. They're giving the up an astounding over 440 yeah. yards of offense a so game. It's, I mean, Is this a get-right spot? props, I guess. Kamara's props here. Kamara rushing, receiving yards, reception yards. How many times he, you know, any kind of, well, kind of Kamara prop here. Yeah, my, my, that was just my roundabout way of saying, is this the get-right spot? for the Saints who can't throw the ball on the road, but against the worst defense in the NFL, this could be a big game for Jameis Winston. It could be, except he's playing on a Monday night in prime time, which has not been his... Uh, with his rain and wind. Yeah. With rain and wind. You know what? I I got a lot of games picked in here today. Do I want to take that? Seattle? I, maybe I'll, I'll see where the number is. Yeah, I think you do. That in. Give me something. Give me something to stay out of my kitchen, Bastel. Give me something to lock in tomorrow night. Okay, so that's four points right now. Which way is that going to close as we head towards kickoff tomorrow night? Well, I see if I'm looking at the Don Press screen, it's leaning towards the favorite. In my heart of hearts, I just can't see money not coming in on Seattle on a primetime game at home. I just just cannot but uh that's why i'm gonna wait and see i mean if uh if it goes to three and a half my loss my bad if it goes to four and a half good for me okay good for you indeed all right that's 12 games up 12 mm. games previewed here on inside the lines it's almost that time of the show where we give you our picks but before we dive into this week what did we do last week 
Mr. Stephen Rapp. Much like the books last week, we took a beating. Uh, Dave, two and four on the week, 18-19 on the season. Uh, George, one and two on the week, 16-12 on the season. Steve, one and five on the week, 18-18 on the season. Time to get back on the uh, horse and get some winners, boys. Yeah, let's get back on the horse and try to pick some winners. And let's start with the lovely and talented. Follow him on Twitter, at HouseMoney44, Stephen Rapp. Now this could only happen to a guy like oh, me. Oh, the great tones of and Frank Sinatra. Mine is that man missed. Best like voice ever, gentlemen. And that's reason because this song is my so kind of town. Chicago is. And I'm just thinking that the value of that number plus 13, uh, when there is 11 and a half on the board, can't piss, piss past that one up. Uh, Cincinnati plus six and a half. I think that they can keep that game in what should be a low scoring game. Uh, keep that within uh, seven points. I'm taking plus six and a half there. I think Kansas City gets right here against Tennessee's defense. I think they cover my Four. I also think their team total over 31. I don't see how they get stopped. They get the ball eight times. They could have 56 points for all we know. Uh, Miami plus two. Eh, just, just, that's just uh, Atlanta shouldn't be favored on the road type of thing. Uh, Houston plus 20 only because I don't think I've ever seen plus 20 before and I just cannot have a piece of that. And then uh, my tease for the week. Uh, six and a half point tease. Uh, New England minus a half to Green Bay minus two. That tease will cost you minus $1.30 within our realm of uh, approved bets. So that is my card. All right. We will tweet out Stephen Rapp's picks at Inside Lines. Let's get to David Bastel. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Mr. Perfect. I'm all about that Falcons-Dolphins uh, game. I got the Falcons minus two. I also have two props in that game. Go Patterson over 39.5 receiving yards at minus 125. Gusecki over 42.5 uh, receiving yards at minus 115. I'm also on the Chiefs minus the four points. I think this uh, could get uh, over that touchdown mark, so minus four is easily within range. Uh, take the Rams in the first half. Uh, first half Rams at minus nine and a half, and and those are my plays uh, for the week. Don't forget our side bet. Side bet. Oh, yep. Side bet on that uh, Falcons went to. Steve has the Dolphins, and I have Atlanta. Okay, minus we will t- minus the two points. We will tweet out David Bastel's picks at Inside Lines. Let's get to mine. Let's do it. I remember April when the sun was in the sky and love was burning in your eyes. Uh, this, I really want of to course. know who this is, but I can't. Mm. You do know who it is? No, I I recognize the voice. I want. I know you're gonna laugh at me if I say who it is. I almost hear some Freddie Mercury. No, it's it's the no. late great David Cassidy, Daydreamer. Couldn't I'm dreaming about hitting. I'm I'm dreaming about hitting my player props because David Cassidy's from the beautiful city of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Which, by the way, ironically, is the home of a lot of pornographic actors and actresses uh, when I looked it up. But anyway, side note, uh, that's also the home of wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who I'm taking over 77 and a half receiving yards today. Calvin Ridley didn't play in that game in London for the Falcons because of personal reasons. The Falcons had a bye week. He's rested. He hasn't had fewer than 50 receiving yards in a game this season. 
and the Dolphins have been susceptible to wide receivers, giving up 9.4 yards per target. They're 30th in receptions to wide receivers. They've given up 90 and uh, 15 per game, and they've also given up 1,260 receiving yards to receivers. That's 30th. Oh, and by the way, the Dolphins secondary is very banged up. I like Calvin Ridley over 77 and a half receiving yards to go over. I locked it in earlier. James Conner over the 55 and a half rushing yards. I can't believe that number's ballooned out to 20 points for the Cardinals. I think this will be a blowout for Arizona. That means game script, game script, meaning we'll see a lot of James Conner running the football in the second half. I like his over rushing total, 55 and a half rushing yards. Houston just can't stop the run. And I'm gonna I'm gonna dip into this team total again because it keeps biting me in the ass, but I think it's a little low. I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals team total over 20 today in a big show-me game against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, You can throw on the Baltimore Ravens, and this potentially could be a big game for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals team total over 20 points. We'll tweet out my picks at Inside Lines. George, let me make a point. Two things. First of all, I'm amazed that you could find a David Cassidy song that wasn't the heartbeat is a love beat. And second of all, or I think I love you. And second of all, I guarantee that the last 90 seconds that David Cassidy was just on the radio was the most he's been played on the radio in probably 40 years. Yeah, you're welcome, all you David Cassidy fans out there. That's the way to do it. I'm pretty sure that's the most airtime he's had in a while. Yeah, it's the most airtime we've uh, had in a long time. I'm going to ask you guys a question, courtesy of Luke from Caledon, before I get to some listener texts, because here's the text he shot in. Would any of you guys take the over in the Arizona Cardinals game, Steve? 47 and a half. No. I would. Uh, yes, I'm going to say yes. Well, with, with okay. Arizona, you're planning on Arizona getting the 40 on their own, or? No, I'm 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 looking at like a a 35 15 16 somewhere in that range. That would get me to it. Okay. Um let's get well, to some Well, it's not exactly text. bad teams colliding here. Yeah. No, yeah, but some... it's a pretty good blowout. Yeah. Let's get to some uh, listener texts here. Uh Rick and you gotta, Richmond, hey, hey, uh, one more thing, one more thing. I, and we haven't really talked about this much, but I got a feeling that JJ Watt and and DeAndre Hopkins might want to give a little bit of a pounding to the team that of course. Uh, they just, you know, I'm just saying, keep key yeah. members on both sides of the ball, right? Yeah, we, we talked about the little revenge factor in that game. Obviously not as big as the Stafford Goff narrative between sure. the Rams and the Lions, but that's obviously Agreed. there. And it's kind of not the same because it's not in Houston. I think it'd be a little different if that game was played in Houston instead of in the desert. But still, I'm sure Hopkins or JJ or JJ and, and DeAndre feel bad for their old friends on Houston and doesn't, don't want to <laughs> sure. make them feel horrible yes. and sure. want to console them and give them backpats. That's true. Uh, let's get to uh, some listener texts. <laughs> yes, that let's get to narrative. some uh, listener texts. Rick in Richmond. I like the Falcons to cover today. Ryan has looked good the last few weeks. Pitts is becoming a, Pitts is becoming a bigger part of the offense, and Ridley and Gage are back. It may not be close. Rick in Richmond, B.C., on your side. Hey, he thinks Rick, it's not going you. to be close. Uh, Keith from Guelph. 20 bucks with him. Okay. Uh, Keith from <laughs> Guelph. I like, the, I like the revenge factor today. Arizona Hopkins goes off. Watt uh, fours, uh, gets a lot of sacks, maybe even four. He even gives a score. I love when people text in and give me a score because that's awesome. Arizona 38-6. to six. 
Rams go off. Stafford for over 400 yards. Take them to beat up on the Lions. 41-10. to Take San Francisco. I like the West Coast teams versus the East on those 8.20 p.m. starts. It's kind of interesting as well. And Abby from Toronto. Indianapolis plus four. Finally turning the corner. We'll prove it on Sunday night football. Miami Dolphins getting the two points. Bounce back big time at home. Haven't played at home in a while. And we'll get the job done. Casey Moneyline. KC money line uh, against the Tennessee Titans and Cincinnati versus Baltimore over 22 and a half in the first half. Lots of firepower between those two teams. And okay, uh, real out. quick, Bradley George. from Branford, Branford. Hey, fellas, which would you start? DJ Moore, Hollywood Brown, or Debo Samuel? Wrong show, Bradley. That show airs from 8 a.m. <laughs> till 10 p.m. But maybe you can okay, stick George. around. Yes. I'd, I'd like to go back to Abby's comments for a second. Abby took Indianapolis plus four. I hope she locked that in on our show because that's three and a half. Yeah, and or earlier in the she week was and, and and it was is that Casey was that Casey part of a uh, well, that Casey money, money line. line? Now one ninety five is not as horrible, but you want to well, parlay uh, that up with somebody. Put that you together two to one on the game. Yeah, with something. She yeah. put that together with the Cincinnati Baltimore over twenty two and a half first half. Mm. That's fine. Yeah, no, that's how you uh, that's how you minimize good call. I mean, that's how you minimize the is uh, a big money line spread as you put it in with something else. And uh, good job, absolutely, good job from our listener. And that's why Phil's terrified of some games like the Panthers and Giants today that he was talking about earlier. All right, that's our picks. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Inside Lines, of course, at House Money Forty Four. Mister Stephen Rapp, straight ahead. Uh, Connor Allen is just giving us. Prop gold weekend week out since he's been joining the program. He's from four for four.com an incredible website, tons of research there. If you're into fantasy football and player prop information, he's also the co-host of the move the line podcast. We'll talk to Connor Allen next as we take a spin around prop city. It's inside the lines brought to you by sports interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Sportsnet 590, the fan, 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 fan. Connor Allen continued to hand out player prop gold last week. So I took uh, Mark Andrews over uh, 63 receiving yards, and I also took uh, Rashad Bateman opened up like, I don't know, an hour ago at 14 and a half receiving yards, um, which I thought was just especially egregious. Let's take another spin around Prop City. Back to Inside the Lines with Rap, Bastel, and Russick. Twelve thirty-four in Toronto, ten thirty-four in Calgary, nine thirty-four in Vancouver. It's inside the lines. Brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker, along the Sportsnet Radio Network. Connor Allen's the senior director of betting for Four for Four dot com and the co-host of the Move the Line podcast. And he joins us here on Inside the Lines. Connor, how are you? I'm doing well. Another uh, Sunday of props and betting upon us. I mean, it's it's a good good time right now in, in the NFL season. So I'm excited yeah. to win some more money and uh, keep talking with you guys every week. Yeah, we're we're glad you jump on. You've been giving us some prop gold uh, these last few weeks. I have to ask you when when you're handicapping a player prop, what is more important? And this is probably a, a tough question: Is it volume or is it matchup? 
Uh, I think it depends on the prop. So, like, for receptions, um, you know, that's obviously more of a volume-based um, type of thing. So, like, targets are really important there. Um, and the matchup comes into play there a little bit. But, you know, I think that wide receiver cornerback matchups are a little bit noisy in terms of how sticky they are. And, you know, most corners don't really shadow, to be honest. So, it really takes a truly special player and matchup to be, uh, you know, avoiding a, a volume. And then I think it just depends. You know, some some matchups at the extremes I think are really important. You know, so things that are in the top three or top five of, you know, the best and worst run defenses, pass defenses, um, you know, I think those matter a lot. Um, but I think that, you know, towards the middle or even, you know, like the 10th best, 10th worst, probably doesn't matter all that much. Uh, so I try and avoid using that too much. As But, you know, the extremes I think matter a lot. And I think I'll talk about one or two plays here where I think that that does matter. Uh, we want to go ahead right now and talk about those two plays that, uh, that you think matters right now. We might as well put that on the card early. Everybody's waiting. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, one of them, particularly uh, Ryan Tannehill, I took the over on 249 and a half passing yards. Um, I, I expect this game to be back and forth. I know actually on this show, uh, one of the first few weeks we got on Jalen Hurts over his passing yards in a similar range. Um, you know, this Chiefs defense is just so bad right now. 31st in both pass defense and run defense DVOA. 26 in the explosive pass rate allowed and 30th in Justin sack rate um, for Ryan Tannehill, both AJ Brown and Julio Jones are active. Um, and if you look at some of the other quarterbacks that the chiefs have played, I mean, they've allowed like above average or above expectation, um, you know, outputs to almost every single quarterback, you know, the only ones that they really, you know, stifled was Taylor Heineke. And then uh, Lamar Jackson's passing output of 239 passing yards didn't look that good, but he rushed for over hundred yards and he did that on just 26 pass attempts. So his yards per attempt was, more than fine. Um, and now you have a Chiefs defense, or Chiefs offense, which is going to be matching up against uh, a Titans defense, which you know, should put plenty of pressure on Tannehill. I don't think they're just going to be able to run the ball with Henry the entire game. Uh, so I like you know Tannehill to approach 300 passing yards in this one, um, barring them getting like a really early lead and just you know salting the game away, which I guess is in play. But I really don't see that as the most likely outcome with a, a Chiefs team has, that has their back against the wall and that needs to win games. So, yeah, I like the over there, uh, particularly – um, in terms of other another matchup here, um, Jared Goff, I think, was under 267 and a half passing yards. Um, he's gone under this number in four of six games. Now draws one of his toughest matchups today against the strong Rams defense. Uh, fourth and pass defense DVOA. Um, TJ Hawkinson and Swift are both banged up. Uh, and, you know, I get that they're, he's going to be playing from behind and probably throwing a lot, but. You know, that hasn't really mattered so far. Um, you know, negative game script only matters if you can at least be marginally efficient, which the Lions are not. So uh, we have golf projected for about 250 passing yards, uh, and I like it down to about 265, 260. Well, uh, Connor, the question I was going to ask you, and you kind of led into that a little bit with uh, your Tannehill play, is when we see a total like 57 and a half, 58 in, in, in that Kansas City-Tennessee game, can we extrapolate that we're going to take more over props from that and a lower total we'll be looking at more under props? That's pretty obvious. And that being said, uh, Mahomes is up around 325 yards. You like Tannehill to go over. You like Mahomes to go over that number again in a shootout as well. So, I mean, his number is already really high at 325. I think we have projected for like 328. Um, and I think that the, the nature of this game could lend to, you know, 400 passing yards from Mahomes and 300 from Tannehill. Um, so yeah, I would definitely lean over. There's, I'm not taking a single under in this entire game. Uh, if you are considering an under, just stay away. Um, I just, <laughs> both these defenses are terrible. Um, and both the offenses have been playing fairly well, at least as of late. So for me, it's just an over or stay away for the, in this one. 
Connor, at one time, uh, the uh, Lamar Jackson uh, rush total prop over was uh, a very consistent hit. But I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what you guys have kind of evaluated this this time around considering or this this season, I guess, in the early going, considering that the Ravens are really banged up at that running back position. And, and a lot of teams are focusing on the Lamar run. Uh, do you have any evidence either way of where these numbers are going? Because I'm, I'm seeing a lot of higher totals, which is kind of normal for Lamar Jackson. But uh, I kind of wondered with that with that banged up backfield, what it looks like now. Yeah, it's a little bit strange because uh, in the past, like the past few seasons, he hasn't really had to rely on like him as the primary runner the entire time because they, yeah. they've at least had like marginal talent in the backfield. Now they're rolling out. I mean, Latavius Murray's now out too. So you're rolling out Devonta Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, uh, and Tyson Williams. You know, whatever two thirds of a 2015 All Star fantasy football team. Uh, and so, I mean, right now, like you know, if you look at the first whatever, two weeks he was rushing a ton. And then the last few weeks he hasn't been rushing quite as much here. Um, our projections have him lower than his current total right now, which is 60 and a half. We were projected for 56. Um, for me, it's, it's tough, though, to stay away. I know that, you know, in tough games and close games, like Lamar is more than fine leaning on his legs and willing to, like, you know, kind of grind it out and get, get what needs to be done, uh, you know, make it happen. So it against the Bengals team, it's a divisional game. The Bengals have been playing really well. Um, you know, yeah. I would probably stay away. I mean, but I, I think that, you know, the, the over certainly play as well, even though my projections lean under, I think that, you know, this is, I mean, this is a pivotal game, I think for them in the season. So they get, they got to win. So Lamar's going to get up to get it done. Connor Allen, senior director of betting at four for com, and the co-host of the move the line podcast, joining us here on inside the lines brought to you by sports interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Connor, we talked about two games that weather could be playing a factor and it's both the primetime games should be windy and rainy tonight in San Francisco. Ditto for in Seattle tomorrow night. Uh, does that mean you kind of want to stay away from the passing game and lead more on the running backs, carrying the football in inclement weather? Oh yeah. So, um, I mean, there's, there's some good weather research that, um, has been done basically, you know, between 10 to 15 mile per hour winds, it doesn't really matter that much for quarterbacks, uh, from 15 to 20 miles per hour quarterbacks yards per attempt drop by a full yard, uh, or by, or by about half a yard and then 20 plus mile per hour, it drops by, you know, like a full yard to two yards, even at times. Uh, and so that's really, what we got to look for, but in the, the Indy San Francisco game, particularly, I'm most worried about the rain. So basically, uh, our weather guy at 4 for 4 Chris Allen, um, said that this could actually rival like the 2019 Mud Bowl. And then as of last night, he said it is projecting to be worse. Um, and so I'm concerned about, you know, what these teams are going to do. And maybe that the rain won't necessarily affect the passing as much as we think, but I think it affects the coach's mindset and like what they're going to do. So that, I think we're going to see a lot of running and it's going to cause a lot of issues with the, the grass because they're playing on just pure grass. It's not turf or anything, so I think they're going to tear up the field and probably be forced to run the ball a little bit more rather than just slipping and sliding the entire time. So um, for me, it's a lot of unders there. Um, and I think that that's – I'm going to wait until game time, but kind of evaluate right then and then see what else I can get down on because a lot of the you know the juice has already been sucked out of you know all those numbers. Like Debo Samuel's receiving yards went open to like 68, now down to like 57 in some spots, 59 Oof. in other spots. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're already – uh, adjusting for that, but I think that there can be more adjustments depending on how bad this rain is. 
Connor, we have a game with a crazy number of Arizona's a 20-point favorite. Uh, Arizona has a game against Green Bay on a short week next Thursday. If things go as expected and Arizona gets up to a lead like we should, should we be looking at Kyler Murray under 268, 269 passing yards wherever he is, thinking that, A, he maybe get rested, B, there's no reason to throw the ball around the park? Yeah, I think that's a good play. I mean, on that same note, I, I did play James Conner over 54 rushing yards. I know that that um, you know kind of takes into account um, the game script and everything, but he's playing it's a, it's a bad Houston run defense right now, um, 29th in DVOA, and you figured, like you said, they're going to be whatever up pretty much the entire game. So I think even if he only plays three quarters, he's more than capable of hitting this. Um, but I do think that the Kyler Murray unders would probably be the way to go. I do. I think that they lean very, very heavy on the run and. A lot of that's going to be through James Conner. So uh, I like him to have a big day, and Kyler will probably not be forced to do as much. So, yeah. Connor, your secret, your secret's now out that you actually do, in fact, read George Resick's prop sheet on Sportsnet. Yes, I have James Conner. I wrote about it. So your secret's yes. out now. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Connors, uh, speaking of running backs, uh, I'm kind of curious how you look at this Packers backfield. I know Aaron Jones is is kind of the kingpin back there, but more and more every single week we see a little bit more of A.J. Dillon. Uh, that number is starting to increase every single week. I'm not saying they split 50-50 by no means, but when you see a Dillon prop up there at 41.5, obviously that means – He's supposed to get significant carriage. Uh, how do you view that Packers backfield now that Jones is getting up in age a little bit, but uh, I think he's still the guy there. Yeah, I mean, coming into the season, that's kind of what I thought it was going to be. I thought that, you know, Aaron, um, A.J. Dillon was going to see a lot of the early down work with uh, Aaron Jones uh, playing a little bit bigger of a role in the pass catching game, getting him into space a little bit more, but kind of A.J. Dillon soaking up the touches between the tackles that, you know, really, uh, you know, kind of absorb some of those hits and carries. Um, and I thought that, you know, initially that didn't happen. And, like, you know, initially in the first few weeks that didn't happen. And now it seems like the Packers are kind of going towards that, you know, letting A.J. Dillon do a little bit more and, and kind of letting Aaron Jones be uh, who Aaron Jones has been for the last few years. Um, so, yeah, for me in these props particularly, I think that it's tough to tough to evaluate at whatever 40 rushing yards right now. I mean, you're able to find some some under 40. We haven't projected at 45. I think the number's just a little bit too close for me. But, again, as whatever, big favorites against Washington team that has been probably the most disappointing defense in the NFL relative to expectations. Um, You know, for for me, it's it's probably a way, but I would lean over. Connor, I uh, I wrote about Calvin Ridley. I like his uh, prop today against the Dolphins' pass defense that's struggled mightily, especially how banged up they are in the secondary. But what I wanted to ask you about was players coming off a bye and how that influences your handicapping when it comes to a player prop. Yeah, I think it, it, the thing it depends on the type of player. So you know, there's some narratives that we can buy into whether it's a player that you know, like someone like Alvin Kamara who wasn't seeing as many touches, uh, you know, and then. Like, coaches had to find a way to get him more involved, you know, last season. Um, and a guy like Calvin Ridley, who, you know, kind of is in the same boat, really hadn't been seeing enough targets and um, hasn't, wasn't really having as much success as we had anticipated at the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, I think the buy sometimes is a nice chance to buy low on these players. Uh, so, like, yeah, the, the Calvin Ridley over is great. It actually opened in the mid-60s, I think, all the way up to 70-something now. I think still very much in play on the over there against, as you mentioned, a, a very, very bad Dolphin secondary Um so, yeah, I would think that it really just depends on the, the situation of the player. You know, obviously you don't want to be 
buying a player that, you know, had a ton of momentum heading into the buy, and then, you know, other players are getting healthy and coming back. Uh, I think that makes things a little bit messy. But in Ridley's situation here, um, you know, hopefully he can kind of pan out a little bit more and, uh, you know, have the beginnings that we anticipated. Connor, we were talking about Justin Fields earlier on in the show and, and, and how that uh, the best way to attack the Buccaneers is, def- well, on defense, when they're on defense, is throwing the ball. So his best game uh, was a couple weeks ago, home to the Lions, 209 yards. His total at Sports Interaction is is would be a career high, 219.5, but... George brought up a great stat earlier that he's averaging under, a, or the Bears are averaging under fields, under 100 yards of passing on the road. Can we even sit there and consider a, a Justin Fields game of almost 220 yards passing? I, this is the, one of my biggest, you know, decision points of the week, I think, in terms sure. of whether Matt Nagy, uh, you know, decides to go pass heavy here, which would be optimal against the pass final tip pass funnel Tampa Bay defense they're good against the run they're bad against the pass um but do they do that and my I, I just don't think that they do you know I think that they go back to what they have been successful with which is running the ball and you know grinding clock and keeping field as a game manager um it seems like they're, they're just like kind of clueless in terms of like trying to you know accentuate what what they could do and tailor it to the opponent's um defense and like what they're really bad at I, I just don't think Nagy even looks at that stuff at least there's not really been any sign that he has so um, you know, I, I think that the under is the play here. I think, as you mentioned, like Fields' processing time has still been lackluster at best. He had a good game against the Lions, and I think that yep. the offense could be better, but uh, I, I'm not so sure. I think that, you know, I might live bet the Bucks here. If I see, you know, the Bears come out and run the ball two straight times on uh, first and second down in the game, because it clearly that they just don't get it. So, Connor, I know uh, this is maybe a little too inside baseball, but when it comes to the actual snap counts of some of the players and when they're actually on the field, because you see a lot of these lower prop total numbers that maybe a lot of players gravitate towards because the number is so low, be it receptions or receiving yards, how important is it to look at that snap count and what the percentage is of that player being on the field on offense? Yeah, I think that, that it's it's pretty important to understand snap counts. And then for re- wide receivers, particularly, it's like about routes run. So, um, you know, just because they throw a big wide receiver on the field to block, like, you know, I don't really think that that's a good reason to buy, like, an over on their receiving prop. Um, but, yeah, like kind of, and tight ends as well, you know, looking at, like, the routes run, which you can find over at, uh, you know, Pro Football Focus and a few other websites, you know, chart how many times or what percentage of the routes they're running. So I, I think that that's probably a little bit more important. But just in general, yeah, like you said, when injuries come into play too, so a guy like you know Ryan Griffin this week, um, you know his his yardage total opened to like eight and a half, um, but you know uh, the, the starting tight end got injured, so you know like it's when he when he went out last week, you know Griffin played a little bit more, and you saw that in the snap counts go up. So even though he didn't produce, like you know I think that there's a better chance for him to you know produce now at this point. So um, like yeah, paying attention to those things and probably snaps and run are both really important. My last one for you, Connor, and that's uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we get to sit back and watch Geno Smith versus Jameis Winston on Monday night in the rain. Uh, two quarterbacks that have a history of making things interesting. How are you going to view uh, any money to be made on props in that one? Yeah, I haven't broken it down too much right now. But, you know, again, with the weather concerns, probably lean under on both quarterbacks. I mean, they're both. You know, at this point, like, they're playing in low volume. It's probably going to be a grinded-out game. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if either of them finishes with, you know, fewer than 25 pass attempts. Uh, so, I mean, right now their passing yards totals are both uh, north of 200. And 
for me, that's I mean, that's a tough ask, you know, barring just like, you know, a, a jailbreak on, you know, two or three passes each. Uh, and so, I, I, for me, I'd probably lean unders again, you know, like the weather, depending on how bad it is, just like, I think that's something we can take advantage of still here. If it, if it is something that's actionable, you know, again, if it's just like 15 miles per hour wind, like it doesn't really matter. Um, but if it's 20 plus or, you know, I saw rumors of like 40 plus, you know, I think that that obviously is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Connor, you gave us some uh, really good props at the beginning of this segment. Love this segment. What else is making your card as we uh, are minutes before the one o'clock kickoffs? Yeah, so I took uh, Mike Gusecki over 42.5 receiving yards. Uh, we played this actually at 39.5 originally, but we haven't projected for 63 receiving yards. Devontae Parker's out. He's gone over this number in five of six games to start the year, and Falcons passed defense 30th in DVOA. Um, obviously coming off a monster 8-115 outing last week as well. I bet Davis Mills under 228.5 passing yards. I'm going back to this. Uh, you know, After he's had success against the Patriots, 16th ranked pass defense, Colts 29th ranked pass defense the last two weeks. This week draws the Cardinals second ranked pass defense at DVOA, seventh in pressure rate, eighth in adjusted sack rate. I would play it down to like 215. I don't think he clears 200 passing yards in this one. Uh, so I'm very comfortable with that one. But Leonard Fournette over 67 and a half rushing yards. Uh, I think that, you know, he's in for a potential explosion game. 13 point uh, favorites at home. Now playing against the Bears defense without Akeem Hicks and Bill Nichols, who are two of their best run defenders. And last year without Akeem Hicks, the Bears' run defense struggled you know, mightily compared to what they were before. Um, and then last one for me here, Dallas Goddard. I took over 47 and a half receiving yards without Zach Ertz um, you know, in, the, in the mix. I think that Goddard can play a much bigger role in an Eagles passing offense that is you know, one of the top-ranked uh, top in pass rate over expectation. Great, great stuff. He's the senior director of betting at 4for4.com and the co-host of the Move the Line podcast. Connor Allen, thanks for this, pal. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for having me on. Talk to you next week. Incredible insight from our pal Connor Allen. Really is, really is. Comes to yep. the, oh, great. Uh, I'm glad we ended up going to 1 p.m. Eastern because we get the, the nuggets that Connor Allen gives us. All right, let's see where things are going. This is where we're about seven minutes away from kickoff. Uh, Baltimore stayed six and a half. Uh, Carolina's gone to two, as we thought it would be off to two and a half. Uh, Green Bay up to nine. Uh, Atlanta now two. There's some one and a half on the board. Uh, New England finally got to that seven and a half. Surprised it went off that number seven. That surprises me. Rams up to 17. Uh, Vegas down to two. Arizona up to 20. Good Oof. luck with your vote bets today, folks. Absolutely. And let's get quickly to some actives and inactives before we go. Officially active, Julio Jones, Evan Ingram, and Tyreek Hill. Inactive, Sammy Watkins, Sterling Shepard, Devontae Parker, Latavius Murray, Ramondre Stevenson, and Tevin Coleman all out. Uh, the big guns uh, for the Tennessee Titans will be at wide receiver with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Should be a beauty at 1 o'clock. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Follow us on Twitter at InsideLines. Follow Steve on Twitter at HouseMoney44. Check out my piece on Sportsnet.ca. Both player props today. Got that James Conner one as well at 425 at Russick SN 590 at Sportsnet. And just think about Bastel now and again. What's that? Just think about Bastel now and again. He doesn't have a Twitter or a prop page that's worth listening to. Well, yeah, but Dave Dave does a great job of running the Inside the Lines Twitter account, and he retweets his stuff all the time. Bye, everybody.
You know what? You know I say it in jest to free folk follow you on Twitter, but that's fine. Okay, follow well, Dave on Twitter. Hey, listen, you, you get me at least one or two extra Twitter followers a week. It's like, thank you for your work. You're Sweet. welcome. You're welcome. Follow David Bastel at David Bastel on Ooh, Twitter. Like that's that. it for us. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Uh, uh, Bye. See-